E3's come and gone, uh, the video games have come and gone, all that jazz, and uh, as with every E3, I have taken away the most important thing of every E3. The E3 has provided me some... uh, Every year, courtesy of all the live streams, I inevitably learn about a new social media account that will help drive my hatred of something. (laughs) This year, it was electric scooters. Oh, okay. I I follow not one, not two, but five new Instagram accounts dedicated to the destruction and documentation of idiocy on electric scooters. And I thought they were done beforehand, but now I'm like, oh, this is population control. Oh, oh, I've I've wrecked on one. The, The only time I rode one, like, I wrecked a little bit on one because I hid an uneven part in, uh, an even part in the pavement. So. I think I have gotten to watch someone die at least twice on Instagram. There, there have there have been a couple wrecks or wipeouts that I am almost a hundred percent sure ended in the person's death or like they are they go fast. They I mean, go fast they enough, are, yeah. If if I mean if people aren't aware of these. And how fast they can go. They go extremely fast. They go a good 20 miles per hour. And that's extremely fast to yep. have no protection, which most people are riding these with zero protection. Yeah, I I, I think I saw a woman hospitalize a child by running it over an electric scooter. Like, I, it's... It, it's not. Well, and here's the thing, too. It's not like it's one or two videos per account a day. Oh, no. It's oh, no. like Constant. 30 or yeah. 40 uploads an hour. And they're not duplicating. Like it's there are five different accounts dedicated to five different things. Like one of them is just people lighting lots of them on fire, which is ridiculous in its own right. But also, like people are doing it enough, they're capable of uploading a a clip every couple hours of like some asshole lighting like seven scooters on fire with lighter fluid. That just sounds criminal, and. Gonna get so much of this is criminal. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I mean, wiping out isn't criminal, but I mean, literally setting them on fire. Yep. That's that's a weird line, and whoever's doing that, they're gonna get a nice call from the police. The numbers of hit and runs I have witnessed on these things with someone just like lying on the ground afterwards, not moving that much, is high. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, here in the internet age and the everybody has a high def camera age, we capture we get to capture all of the stupidity of humanity. Oh, I yeah. mean, it used to be used to be it's not like we're suddenly dumber than we were like a hundred years ago. We're just recording it now. Hello and welcome to the post-E3 extravaganza extraordinaire E3 post-Wicked Awesome Cast special episode, period. Episode 159. I am Alex, and I'm joined with two people who are now hostages for the next few hours stuck with me. And that is Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak, and uh, Kraken Zero slash Nomad Har, a.k.a. Henry. Hello, hello. Alex, you forget the most important thing in this situation. Yes? I am not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. 
<laughs> this is true. What are you going to ruin for me this time, Charlie? I don't know. It's That's hard. Just... It's E3. It's hard to do it. No, it's going to be easy. <laughs> but yes, it's post E3, guys. And there were E3 things that happened. It, we had, uh, it was Christmas news, if you will, for us. Ah, this was more like Hanukkah news. This was Hanukkah news. Like, it was next to Christmas, and you're still excited because you're getting shit, but, like, n- no kid is vomiting all over their presents. Like, th- this was kind of a meh E3 year. I, I I'll give you the Hanukkah uh, angle on it, because it did start, like, a week before, and it went on for a few days. Yeah, it went on for way too goddamn long, and by the end, you're just going, God, can this be over? Touche. So, because, yes. Yeah, but the thing is, and this is, like, yeah, I mean, it just, it just, yeah, like we mentioned this before, it's just become this never-ending concept. <laughs> it's just going to keep stretching out longer until it's just, it's never not E3. Hmm. How much of it kind of live did you two keep up with? Uh, not a lot live, unfortunately. I did catch some stuff afterwards and highlights, but, um, I managed yeah, to keep up with a lot of it once I got into it, and... I think the most interesting part of it for me was kind of, I don't want to call it depressing, but like watching a bunch of people that have been to most of, if not all of the E3s talk about this year's E3 was kind of this, it was weird. And then Jen, who actually went to E3, like would be texting me back stuff like, man, there's a lot of energy drinks here. Like samples, oh. no for sale. Like like vendors, yeah, Ra- yeah. Well, Razor really Razor created their own. Razor has their own energy drink. Are now. they bang? What are they? No, I thought it was the something else they made. Are they respawn? No, like I I have multiple energy drink samples in my home right now. Some of them are powders mixed with I- water. I don't know. I don't really tend to drink energy drinks, to be honest. Like. Only really, really on occasion if I just yeah. Uh, she sent me basically. back names I had never heard of before. Like, I I just have one that's called like Game On. I didn't that know this is Mountain Dew. I think no, it's powder you mix with stuff. It is a sample of the powder. I have four different flavors of powder: pomegranate, watermelon, blue raspberry, tropical pineapple, and and green apple. And then I have a separate drink in similar flavors called Respawn. I think I think one of those is the Razor one, but I don't know. Yes, okay, because... yeah. Respawn is Razor. Respawn is Razor. It contains okay. 20 calories per serving and zero sugar. Yeah. Okay. This right, is... so it's a diet energy drink. How much caffeine, though? It, does it doesn't does say, it say, but the directions on the side are poor shake drink came on. I'm guessing it probably has uh, similar to a monster. Oh, sorry, 95 milligrams per serving. Okay, 95. That's that's a good bit. It that's comes with a bit. caution: do not exceed three servings per day. Not running for children, pregnant, or nursing women, and people sensitive to caffeine. Yeah, I mean the thing is, a typical monster has about 250 to 300 milligrams, so that makes sense. Yeah, you really you shouldn't drink more, drink than, more than, one than one monster a day either. No. No, you should not. Unless you <laughs> like your heart to explode. As someone who used to regularly <clears throat> drink more than one monster a day, and who knows uh, someone who, like, 
downed multiple BFCs a day, you should Ooh. not drink it that frequently. Like, I, yeah. as, I've reached the age where, like, if I have Monster the day before to get myself running, like, at breakfast or something, I have a hangover the next morning where it's like, oh, God, I drank Monster yesterday. Doesn't matter when. I could have the entire day to recover and re-nourish from, and I still wake up and, like, ah, did I gargle a bull's testicles last night? Why does my mouth yeah. taste weird? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really, really don't like monster yeah like i said i would only really drink it if i'm kind of an emergency if i just really need to stay awake for some some reason but yeah yeah so uh, yeah multiple Ra jobs Razor has seen me now. multiple jobs have seen me put drink out most of an orange juice and then pour zero cal monster into that shake it and then drink that because that's occasionally what you do in my industry to survive a morning because <laughs> someone so... put you a red eye that got in at 2 a.m in the morning West Coast time. That's 5 a.m. in the morning, East Coast time. <laughs> so I am curious, just how, how hello fellow teenagers is this product? Um, no more so than Razor normally is. Like, it's nice packaging. It's, it's fucking called Respawn. Like, in a world where we have an energy drink called Bang, and their ambassadors are called Bangers... And mm, the question they ask is, God. do you bang when they mean, do you drink the stuff? Like, no. th this is better by comparison. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely not drone-worthy. Okay, yeah, this is much less on the meter of hello, fellow teenagers. On the bang scale, it does not even blip. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And the bang skills we measure all energy drink cringiness by these days, like... That weird gamer fuel Mountain Dew ad they're running with the guy in the spider tank, that's a 3 on the bang scale. Bang mm, is a 10 mm. on the bang scale. Because <laughs> I say again, do you bang? We're yeah. See, I kind of like the potion type, potion themed one. Sure, those, fuck those, it. Those, yeah. are, those are kind of fun. Those, the, for me, those don't rate too high on that scale, to be honest. They're they're on that scale definitely, but not as not as yeah, not as high, I would say. I'm just gonna say as a gamer of the right age and time frame, um, if you're doing energy and stuff doing cocaine at land parties, were you even actually gaming? Just saying. <sighs> like if you're not if you're not grinding up some Adderall with the butt of a cup and then doing a line of that to keep in the game, why even bother being there? Yeah. It's better and for course... you, maybe, than some of these drinks. Of course, and we all know that this is a thing that actually exists in esports. They are the the overuse of Adderall as well as straight up m meth. <laughs> but anyways, is meth a downer though? No, it no, makes you meth, super no meth. Jittery. Yeah, oh. meth is a super stimulant, it's like a, a super ultra stimulant. It's a big problem in CS:GO, specifically I, the Euro I imagine so. Specifically the European chapters of it, where. Meth is a big problem, and they're very. We're bad at combating meth in the U.S. In countries like Russia, meth is an epidemic mm. that like dwarfs the U.S. problem. Uh, if you if you're from where I'm from in the U.S., which is the Midwest, which oh no, is Oklahoma, it is a big it's, problem it's... in the U.S. Russia, I'm not sure it's actually totally illegal. I'm pretty sure it is. It's just. 
uh, like kind of like in the countryside where I'm from, it's just not policed well because it's sparsely populated in many parts. And that's Russia. Russia's gigantic, and it's extremely sparsely populated in some spots. So yeah, it's kind of there as well. Same reasons. It just yeah, there's not enough police to police it. So. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. It's like where I'm from. Yeah, there's not hardly enough police, even if they bring in like troops, like yeah. state troopers and stuff. There's similar problems still. Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> but enough about illicit drugs. Yeah. It's called shabu in Russia, apparently. Mm. So, other than E3, what did you get up to this week, Charlie? I, 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 I t- to make it. Th- through E3, I drank raw milk. Um, milk that is raw, and I gained the power of both annoying people on raw vegan diets and those who can process dairy and just flexed on lactose intolerant people for an entire week. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, you know, there's a reason that we, like, you know, pasteurize and, like, homogenize milk, but anyway. I, as, as someone who's made fun of raw milk for a long time, yeah, but also, like, I'm not gonna lie, I felt pretty okay after drinking that stuff. Like, there, there was a, like, m- maybe it was purely, like, psychosomatic, like, smugness aimed at other people, but, like, <laughs> I-, I did feel more powerful while I was drinking my raw milk. I- so, <laughs> go. So, he- here's what I think happened, and this is my theory, Charlie. The-, the power of spite and wanting to rub it in people's faces so hard force your stomach to be like you're gonna get you're gonna get through this you're gonna drink this fucking raw milk and you're gonna get through it and your body was just like yes sir yeah it just did it <laughs> yeah i it, i can't think of any other reason why raw milk would have been gone through you uh, just uh, uh, simply for the fact that like my, my fiance is pretty lactose intolerant and she had to sit oh. there with me like with a fucking glass bottle of milk in hand watching e3 press conferences just taking swigs from this thing like it was beer and just the, like the disdain and hatred from the other side of the couch just like you fucking monster fueled me in a way that things have not in a long time yep that's exactly what it is who needs energy drinks when you've got spite yeah I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on this one uh but uh, so I, I spent a lot of time kind of keeping up with e3 uh I follow the giant bomb kind of nightly stuff pretty aggressively. I, if you've been curious about kind of some of the unionization stuff or just want some really good content on that, go check out their nightly talks. There's, they're always fantastic. The last night is a shit show as it's always been. Like if you don't know who Dave Lang is, you should go watch this. Just so you can be aware that Dave Lang is out there, and Dave Lang is coming for you at all times. And he cannot be stopped. <laughs> At all times? At all times. Dave Lang's like, I'm going to get you. I, uh, But mostly I played through the Borderlands 2 DLC that they, well, there's rumors about it happening, and then it dropped during E3 as part of that Microsoft press conference, and I downloaded it and started playing it, and that thing may have been a mistake. Mm. A really yeah, big hear this. mistake. And this is coming from, yeah, some, you know, people who really like Borderlands and Borderlands, or, sorry, Fallout, uh, or Borderlands, Fallout, yeah, I, mean. I think I put Fallout by accident. Yeah. Mm. So, it, uh, I've also been kind of playing Destiny at the same time, uh, because Destiny is good again, haha. 
It's yeah, st- it, Destiny's still real good, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. so I, I found myself kind of living through a very bizarre memory. And um, back when Destiny 1 came out, roughly a month after Destiny, like I, I'm talking back in 2014, September, Destiny 1 comes out, and it's good but bad. Like, it's mechanically, the game is sound, it's fun to play. There's just not a lot to do. And then a month later, the Borderlands pre-sequel, the worst of the three shooty Borderlands games, comes Mm -hmm. out. And a bunch of people, myself included, kind of overlappingly played both games. Yeah, I did not play the pre-sequel. You shouldn't have. I didn't, yeah, I didn't hear great things about it. The pre-sequel is bad. It is a fantastic example of a game that is, like, fixed by its Game of the Year edition. Like, so, Mm. we've talked about this before, I think. Like, it's got problems where, of the three base characters that come with the game, really only one of them is fun, and one of them is Claptrap. So if you don't like Claptrap... You get run the chances of having all of the claptrap if one of your friends that plays that game chooses to play with claptrap. And like one of the pitches for the game is like, yo, these characters talk more. Uh-oh. I no longer play video games with a certain friend because he played claptrap. Eric <laughs> would not shut the fuck up. And like so playing these two games in tandem, I came to it late. I'm not sure I I remember I, I played it. I'm not sure if I even bothered talking about Borderlands the Pre-Sequel on the podcast. That's how kind of meh I was on it. Like, Destiny versus uh, Destiny 1's combat, a kind of second-to-second gun feel and stuff like that, versus Borderlands makes Borderlands feel like ass. This DLC I've been playing is still very much Borderlands 2. It plays like Borderlands 2. I had forgotten kind of how maybe not great the gunplay of Borderlands was. And then when you put it up against and when you put it up against Destiny 2, which say what you will about Destiny, it's made by fucking Bungie. Bungie makes guns shoot good and fun. Yeah, that they do. Yeah, like it's you can talk a lot of shit about the Destiny franchise, the second to second feel of that game and how it moves and how it feels and how using your powers works and all that. Just you can't scratch. There, there's nothing you can kind of bring up against that except like. Oh, it's a first-person shooter. I don't like first-person. It is a first-person shooter. It is a top quality, if not the toppest of quality. Like it and New Doom sit at a table by themselves, going, "Yo, you know we're some of the best playing shooters ever made, right?" Yeah, it just. I mean, both of those games have great game feel. Now, I haven't played an extensive amount of either one. Yeah, but but both games I, have a great just feel. It's hard to describe. But it's a it's a combination of tight, really really tight play control. Yeah, that I, is, I, when you want to do something, your character does that thing, and it feels right. When as someone it. who plays a lot of first person shooters, like would go so far as so like first person shooters, are my favorite playing video games out there. Like, yeah, Bungie can make things shoot good. Like the the yeah. reason sparrows in that game feel bad to drive is because they're not as good as walking on foot. Like, it's... Yeah. Well, we also know that Bungie, um, not always so great at vehicles. Yeah, so. I, 
that's that's exactly <laughs> so that's that's forgivable i yeah. don't really care that's yeah i don't care about that to be honest yes <laughs> no so the, the free dlc is long and going back it's like it i think i'm like almost three hours into that thing i still have plenty of it to go mm. and i don't think i'm going to finish it like it's uh jumping back into that game and i had to boost the character up to play it and stuff like that like i'm Played my Mechromancer because Mechromancers are fun and Yep, that's like, that's the only character I really play on that. I play a bit of Zero, but I've played way more of, of Gage. Yeah. <sighs> I like the guns feel bad. The mission structures kind of feel not great. Like and I had forgotten about this, and this game is an uncomfortable reminder of uh, again, like, I, I give Destiny a lot of shit where it's like, oh, these enemies are such bullet sponges. I had forgotten that Borderlands is full of enemies you can empty clips of ammo into that aren't like bosses or mini-bosses. They're just kind of there, doing their thing. Like, hell, some bosses are less dangerous in that game than some other minions because they're big and have predictable attack patterns, while the minions will just, like, fucking gang rush you. But but Gage, I mean, with the mech, but also when you start getting some stacks with her, I mean, you start to rip stuff apart yeah, easily. But too. I, yes, but like I'm playing level 30 character in like level match mm. zones. Like it's the, yeah, I, my fondest memories of that game, I think, involve being like too high a level for the zone I'm in. And that made the gameplay play a little bit better or something. This mm. I, doesn't feel good. and. That's, I think, a big problem. Yeah, and like yeah. The, the writing is a little bit more irksome. Like I went, like I still think Tiny Tina is a problem for that franchise. Like I went, like I was doing some of the side missions, just kind of like, okay, am I being too hard on this? And I'm like, no. Some of this old writing was bad and has not aged well, and like was funnier when I was like a, a young twenty year old. And as a almost thirty year old finds it irksome and annoying now, like <laughs> shit, these vehicles were bad, and like, <laughs> like yep. The, the oh, fact Borderlands, that fucking... Borderlands vehicles are trash. I yeah. mean, that's 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 just kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, and they're like, really trash. It's weird. Like it's one of those ones where like the the whole like oh we have the most guns in a video game. It's true. It's absolutely true. Still. Most of those guns are hot fucking garbage that you're never going to actually bother equipping. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. The combinations... I mean, it's cool to have so many different combinations possible, but the thing is, a lot of those combinations are bloody useless. Yeah. I, it, it, it's little moments, like, I, I started playing a base character before the DLC came out to let you boost, and I'd forgotten just how shitty the first, like, couple hours of Borderlands 2 are. Like, Doing that whole, um, like, before you get your action skill, like, when when, when you have yeah. shitty gear and, like, maybe two weapon slots and all that, case, that game's kind of bad. Like, maybe not kind of, like, that, I'm, in hindsight, kind of amazed I put up with that game to get through to what I remember being better parts of the game, but also, having played this DLC, kind of go, Huh. Was this actually good? Like I and like here's the thing too. I I can't totally justify my my kind of my worry about Borderlands 3 now because 
this is DLC for Borderlands 2. Like, it's there's just things you can't do in a piece of DLC that you can do in a full-on sequel. It still has to fit within the functional aspects of Borderlands 2. It has to use the same code, same structure, blah, 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 blah. The game looks nice. Like, it's got... A, it, the cutscenes at least have a graphical boost, which is cool-looking. But I, I've gone from being real excited for Borderlands 3 to... Huh. I've heard a bunch of people talk about how... I, between watching some E3 videos of them showing off some gameplay and hearing people talk about, like, yeah, it plays like a Borderlands game, I don't think that's a good thing. Like, I don't think... Like, there are better, like, we've come very far in shooters, and there are three loot shooters out there right now. One of them is Anthem, that feels better in a second-to-second -second way to play than Borderlands. Yeah, Borderlands has a bit of looseness to it. I There again, it's hard to describe. It's not yeah, as no, it, tight of play control. Loose feels like the right word. Like, I, I'd go so far as to call it jank or like arcadiness like i yeah i can kind of see that it, it's got the problem where and because uh, of <laughs> level and how your guns work and stuff it is possible to put multiple headshots into an enemy that like in theory you should be able to kill in a headshot and they live like it's destiny's got a lot of faults but like general grunt enemies and like lower end enemies as long as you're high enough level to fight them you hit their head they die and playing kind of a game where that does that and a game that doesn't do that simultaneously makes one of those games feel real fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you do do, you, you end up doing more damage if you do hit somebody in the head. But yeah, it's not so, and it does make sort of people who like to play snipers, it makes it harder to play as a sniper in yeah. that game. I guess I, I know people who like to play snipers. So, I never played there a sniper is a character, in that game post um, and there is, one. And yeah, and there is, you know, definitely a sniper class, essentially. So, I mean, but yeah, um, yeah, I think that's, that's a, you know, that's a thing that's, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it is its own thing still. But yeah, I, I'm not sure if I would definitely buy Borderlands 3, to be perfectly honest, especially when I'm looking forward to stuff like The Outer Worlds. Yeah, it's... I, I can imagine a world where this piece of DLC is actively a hindrance to Borderlands 3 Day 1 sales. Like, I, I'm going to get it still because it's Borderlands and I'm kind of curious, but like, I am actively less excited about that game because of something that should have been real cool and real fun. And as a result, it's just me going, like, huh, right, this is what a Borderlands game is. I haven't played one of these in like five years, for reasons apparently. Mm. Yeah, it's it's this weird one. Like we've talked lots about like looter shooter loot problems and stuff. Where it's like, oh, we need more loot. That game has too much loot. Like it's when so much of shit is meaningless. It's just like, no, just give me money. Like, don't <laughs> make me go through the process of picking up like forty guns that are bullshit just to sell them, please. Yeah. Yep. This isn't actually what I want. I, I know yeah. on paper a bunch of people are like, oh, we want loot to rain from the sky. It's like, that's cool. I want meaningful loot, not like bullshit. Man, I got this stack of sniper rifles and now I'm a fucking arms dealer. I'm going to go shove them all in a yep. vending machine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you if do in that you game. Do that. 
If only you could do that with regular vending machines. I'm like unhappy with the candy bar I picked up, and I just shove it back in the machine. Well, you can. You just don't get your money back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As someone who saw someone take a shit into a vending machine, kind of reach an area, no, there no. are ways of getting back that. at vending machines. But... All right. Uh, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Wicked Awesome Cast. Uh, we had a good time. Yep. Laughs were had. Things were discovered. And uh, we'll be absolving. This will be the last episode. That was it. I think we've reached our point. The homeless uh, of LA are fantastic. <laughs> we had a good run, Chance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I um, uh, the, uh, so I've also been playing Border. I'm not Borderlands. Um, Destiny Two. I I'm really enjoying my time in Season of Opulence. I finally did the Menagerie. The Menagerie is one of the coolest things added to that game. And as someone who like really enjoys when that game is cool, the Menagerie is real cool. It's like a, it. It is the first time they have put raid bullshit in a non-raid scenario in a meaningful way, and it is better for it. Like, they have the bullshit race segment from the very first raid in Destiny 2, which makes it cool. Like, I, they break up the action neat ways, so it's a bunch of, like, it's just kind of ongoing puzzles that also you have to shoot stuff. It's really good. The Menagerie is real cool. I regret not mm-hmm. getting into it sooner. Like, I got a quest where it's like, yo, go to the Menagerie. I'm like, fine, I'll go get there. This place is pretty cool. I'm kind of sad to come here sooner. Turns out Destiny 2, real good. Real good mm. still. One of the um, progression issues I had seems to be fixed. I still can't advance my Drifter tre- uh, quest line, which sucks, but I'm still working through that Black Armory, which is nice. Mm. Some cool guns in there, it turns out. Real cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I, I guess last thing at this point, I... Um, Agretzko, I think I'm, I'm pronouncing it right. The um, Fox that sings Death Metal, the second season came out, and it's as good as the first one. Oh yeah, she's fantastic. I have, yeah. I own some Agretzko stuff. Is there yeah, more I... than just the two seasons of it? Not that I know of. Fair enough. It's on the Christmas special, but yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Uh, what have you been up to, Henry? I decided to play around in Terraria a bit because I just hadn't played it in forever. And That's the walking around the giant garden planet game, right? Um, it's Minecraft 2D, straight up. It's Minecraft 2D. It it really is. That's huh. that's really what it is. No, you're right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what game I'm thinking of now. Unfortunately, it's the combat is reminded me. It, it's as clunky as it is in Minecraft. The combat in it is real bad. The combat is like an old Flash game. Just hold down that mouse button and swing that pickaxe, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not, but, but that's not the point of it. The point of it is exploration and building stuff. And yeah, it was cool. It was, but, you know, I also, it reminded me of why I don't generally tend to play it too often if I don't have a whole lot of people on a server. Sure. So. But yeah, that was that was cool. Um, I mean, so you know, I I went back and also have been playing some of. Well, I, I'm continuing to play Slay the Spire. I'm hopelessly hopelessly addicted to that game because it's it's a great it's a great kind of casual game, and I say that not because it's like easy or something. By casual, I mean 
I can just pick it up, play it for a bit, and be done. Like, mm-hmm. play it a complete... You play it through to the end, and within, like, 30 to 45 minutes easily. Mm-hmm. And so, it's it's a nice one to just pick up. And so, I've been going back to that. Um, and I've also been playing around with this free game called Viridi. Like, V-I-R-I-D-I? How it's pronounced? I have no idea. But in any case, it's just a free game, and it's a free. It's a uh, a simulator for growing succulents. <laughs> so you just have this collection of succulents. Okay, and you what's just this playable on? Uh, Steam. It's on Steam. You can just pick it up for free on Steam. As someone <laughs> so who grows like... succulents, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have to check this out. You've brought me two well, great yeah, games to my attention, Henry. So now <laughs> Blood Garden and Succulent Digital Garden. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's actually kind of neat, and time actually passes, and you can kind of, you can, like, pick weeds out of it, so you de-weed it, and you water things, and you can, you can kind of sing to the plants too. It's nice and relaxing. It's it, and it's like free. I mean, I think yeah. I mean, it has some stuff you can buy if you want. If you wanted to buy more succulent plants, but it gives you a free new seedling every week. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of neat, especially a little game that's for free. I just, you know, if I just feel like relaxing a bit and just kind of playing around with the succulents, then I I, I pull that game out. So for those of you looking cool. to have a green digital thumb, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, it was just a lot of watching E three. I actually did catch uh, a good bit of stuff live, to be honest. It felt not, easier not than as... normal to catch stuff this year because there was less stuff like between you were worried about catching. Yeah, I mean because you know some of the big ones like, well, there again because yeah, we had you know, Google and Sony doing their own thing essentially, so that's true that weren't showing there. So I mean, there's there's that makes it even a little bit more sparse than usual, I would say. But yeah, I mean, I didn't really do much beyond that so that, that was that was my week it was, was <laughs> kind of uneventful other than just yeah e3 but anyways alex um let's see i so i caught up with some of the stuff for e3 granted it just had a lot going on so i didn't get to watch a lot of fun stuff but before i go into the e3 stuff um I've also been on the Destiny 2 bandwagon. I know uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, uh, but I, I have been enjoying myself quite a bit, actually. So, um, I'm playing through Warmind. I know I should just jump into Forsaken, but I'm finishing up through Warmind, because I guess I had done, um, what do you call it, uh, Curse of Osiris a yeah, while ago? Yeah, we did Curse of Osiris together, yeah. actually. That's I think right. your friend yeah. got spoiling parts of it for me. I kept yelling at him for it. Yeah. Uh, so we did Curse of Osiris, but after Curse of Osiris was Warmind, right? Yeah, that's your one okay. DLC. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So then now I'm going through Forsaken, working my way through that right now. Well, not Forsaken. Sorry, I'm finishing up Warmind. Um, I would yeah, recommend move, kind of... so do the campaign for Warmind and then get the fuck off Mars for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm just finishing the campaign up. That's all I'm doing right now. Yeah, because so, there's um... a very long grindable activity to get some of the better guns on Mars that you can go mm-hmm. into after, but I'd recommend being as high a light level as possible to tackle them, and or we can tackle them together once I make the jump to PC. 
Okay. Like it's but yeah, it's uh, it it it's been fun, and just to kind of again bounce back on what you guys were saying, the the snappiness of the shooting in that game is really fucking good. It definitely feels really really good to shoot in that game. So, uh, Division Two has been shelved for the for the immediate future. Um, see Ice T also, out there tweeting about um Division and like kind of his frustration with the end game. No, I have not. I know he's a big gamer for sure. He got out there uh, and was tweeting about. It. He's like, "Man, fix this game. I got nothing to do in the end game." People are like, "Do the raid." He's like, "I'm not doing the raid." Seems fucked. <laughs> and I'm like, "You're not wrong, Ice T." <laughs> yeah, but um, other than that, I turns out uh we had a Ren Fair going on this past weekend. Mm. I went out to the Ren Fair, and it Ren- was pretty nice. I like Ren Fairs. I am personally a big fan of Ren Fairs. I have been to many, many, many in my day. You've been to the LA mm-hmm. one, right? Yeah. Uh, I have also been to the LA one. I assumed you but, uh Yeah, I. it was something about it just being surrounded by trees for a Ren Fair made it feel a little bit more authentic, mm. I feel like. What, it's not in the if, stone if, quarry and that makes it better? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, no, it was really cool. I ended up buying my first uh, one of those flip lid steins or tankards, whatever. Tankards at that point. Yes, I I bought a tankard, my first one. Nice. And I like it. It's very like it's very rough around the edges, but I kind of appreciate that in a sense. So, what's it uh, made out of? First one. I don't know. It's it's not a heavy metal, which is nice. I'll send you a picture of it. Yeah, I'll send you a picture. You mean you didn't buy a big dumb weapon? No, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah, see, back in the day, I I definitely have bought some stuff there. But the most ridiculous thing I've ever bought at a Ren Fair was a whip sword. I actually own a whip sword. Mm, Which type of whip sword? Like a segmented blade thing or one giant fuck-off razor blade? No, a segmented sword. Like, Ivy in Soul Calibur. Okay. It's as dangerous and dumb as it sounds. I've never tried <laughs> swinging it. I, I just, I'm pretty sure I would just die. It's, it's, it's big and heavy and dumb. It looks amazing because it's so ridiculous, but yeah, I'm never, that's not ever getting used because it, no, it's just going to hurt me and me only. What happened to I Henry? Mean, whip sword. It's like whips. <laughs> Dangerous. Swords, dangerous. Together, more dangerous. Yeah, so. But yeah, that's cool. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I ever, I didn't, when I lived in Portland, I don't think I ever went to a Ren Fair while I was living there. I think they just started doing them not too long ago, but it's, it's, uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. They actually, I like the way they do their ticket system, because they do it for a weekend. Oh, you cool. can buy a pass for the whole weekend, or you can buy a pass for one day. Good, kind of like a lot of uh, like conventions and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's almost cool. convention like. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah, but it was it was pretty nice. Like we, uh, Manny and I went out there. We got to shoot a bow and arrow, throw some axes, watch the jousting show, mm. and the on the it's basically like a little mini. Uh, what do you call it? Medieval times. But it was mm-hmm. funny because they had Scotland as one of them on there, and he just showed up with no shirt, wearing a kilt, <laughs> riding a horse, and that's how he jousted. I enjoy oh. his name, Scotland. It's like it's me, John Scotland. <laughs> John Scotland, yes. But uh, 
yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was crazy because like all the other guys show up at night, like knight's armor and mm. all that, and then homeboy shows up in a kilt and a helmet with war paint on, no shirt. And so uh, I was on the I was on sitting in the stands part for Spain, and he was a punchy bag for the whole show. Mm. So it was funny because like they would be shouting things like Spain brings the pain and all sorts of shit, and then when he lost, I'm like Spain is in pain. Spain is in pain. People laugh. I gotta get a laugh out of that. It's yeah. me, um, John Scotland. <laughs> John Scotland. We actually ended up teaming up with John Scotland as part of the show. <laughs> it's kind of nifty. And then, um, have you heard of Braun and Mooney? The, the, they're performers that travel around for Okay, all yeah, yeah, I do know them. Uh, Brun and Mooney. Brun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we got to catch part of Brun's show. We didn't get a chance to catch Mooney's show, but Mandy's a big fan of them. Uh, so... Mm. Yeah, we I saw always them assumed for, they had active bit. fans, but never thought I'd know one. <laughs> yeah, no, they uh, they're they're pretty much at every red fair, so it's kind of nice to like see them around because they they do their acts. They're pretty good. I I, I enjoy uh, watching their them work. They're funny. But yeah, no, it was a uh, red fair was a nice time. I have to say, I genuinely enjoyed it. Did you dress up for it though? Just curious. No, no I dressed up in my normal human clothes. Okay. Yes. See, what last time I went, I made samurai armor for it. It's actually oh, on. You, you can actually see what? a picture of it on. Uh, you can see a picture of it on my IG. Actually, it's like one of the first pictures I ever took on my IG account. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I made it out of trash cans, like plastic trash cans, and protein containers, like big protein bin containers, because they have. They're all curved, you know, it's a sil- giant cylinder, and so it actually makes it really cool for different parts of the armor. But I also took a bunch of parachute cord, a bunch of paracord, and basically punch a bunch, cut it out, punch a bunch of holes in it, and strung it up as kind of accurately as I could find when I researched a bit about it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of tend to go all out when I have a chance to costume up, so... And yeah, I've and I am a big fan of red fairs, so yeah, yeah, into it. I will, I will probably if I do cosplay this year, I will dress up as Fat Thor from mm. Avengers Endgame. <laughs> so, because I now have the body of a god, <laughs> not a overused joke at all, guys. Yay! Uh-huh. But yeah, um, that was pretty much it for my week. Like just playing WoW, uh, getting ready for the new tier, which should be coming out in about a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably going to be switching over to Elemental Shaman, which would be kind of nice. Uh, just because they do a lot more damage and than my rogue, and I'm kind of getting a little bit bored of my rogue, so. It'll be nice to change it up, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm also looking forward to playing some more D2. I've had a lot of fun playing D2. Like, it's it's interesting, it's refreshing. I don't know what it is about the game, but it's refreshing. I don't know if, if Charlie can put it to words, but Something about D two now is just kind of refreshing. Um, I, I the phrase I have been using is there is now enough stuff to do in that game that it feels like it respects your time. I, I, I've always described WoW as at its best when you can layer. Not WoW, sorry. Um, Destiny. Like Destiny is most fun when you can do whatever you want. And still feel like you're making progress. 
like I, mm. I I personally love the blacksmith mode. Like it's it is dumb in a way I find really fun and kind of want them to make it a a, a versus multiplayer PvP multiplayer out of that mode. Like it's there's something about how those silly forge mechanics works that I find fun because it's basically basketball. Like it is you killing mm. enemies to pick up charges to then throw at the forge to keep it lit. And it's dumb, but it's fun and it's silly and like you're you're making weapons that way and that's a terrible way to make weapons, but I I don't know, I think it's cool. Like it, it feels very gambit in the way I enjoy gambit, I guess. Like I, I but they now have like stuff you can do where it's like, yeah, just go kill enemies. Can I do that in gambit? We don't care where you kill enemies. Just go kill them. I'm going to Gambit then. I'm going to play my favorite game mode for an hour or two. I, Yeah, I, I know it's not like a raving idiot whenever I go on about this. Like, it's there's a glut of things to do and accomplish. And as a result, like, you feel like you're making progress as opposed to just grinding away at stuff. And this is how kind of um, Taken King felt towards its end, where mm. there was just shit to do. Like, it, it, like, playing made sense. Like, it was the go do what you want. There's a reason to, and I, I don't think Forsaken, when it came out, had that necessarily going. And I wish I'd come back for Black for um, Black Armory because I think that's when things started to change in a meaningful way. But also, like this menagerie, it is ridiculous, but like it is something game developers that make first-person shooters should maybe study. If like it's the if you're trying to make a not another first-person shooter, the menagerie is finally kind of what destiny players have always wanted out of a match made repeatable like half hour activity and it's great like i have nothing but good things to say about it and it makes me more willing now to go and do other stuff so i have the good gear for menagerie like it's the it's got me back on the grind because it's like no no you have to level up for menagerie you, you need to get better so you're not the worst person on your team anymore like this is a thing you need to do now charlie Mm. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of runway now, and I think like Season of Opulence puts Destiny Two just in a good spot. And like, here's the thing: the game has always been good. It's the was the game worth playing that was the problem. Like, like we talked about earlier, the second to second gameplay is good. Shooting in that game feels good. Like, there's no bad feeling weapon type. Like, even uh, God, what are they called? Uh, the sidearms that are basically just like rapid fire pistoly things feel different than hand cannons and both are nice feeling. I don't know. Yeah, it's mm. there's a feeling to Destiny that a lot of games don't touch. Like in other games I feel like they're like it's like it feels like Halo. We're just like Halo feels good to play. The way things die and it feels good. The loop feels good. Like they they fixed the economy a bunch for Destiny too, so it's not as messed up. I yeah. I'm glad you're having fun, Alex. That makes me really happy because I'm I, <laughs> I'm looking forward to when I make the jump to PC playing with you in um, Shadowkeep. I really am. Like I, it's, yes, I, I'm looking forward to having that game be a social thing and not just me fucking lone wolfing it and wrecking and gambit. Oh yeah, I wonder, hopefully it translates over to uh, PC. I was hearing you hearing all your stories of you wrecking people. I'm, I'm intrigued. I <laughs> so long as I can get my shooting down. I will still be a force of reckoning in Gambit. Like it's, I had a match last night that I managed to summon three um, fifteen moat blockers 
I stopped four invaders with a bow. Like, I was on fire. Like, I, it's... Maybe people have gotten worse at Gambit again, or, like, they they finally balanced it the right way, but, like, we had an invader come over, and invaders have a huge advantage, and just saw me, and he started to run, and I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm coming for you! <laughs> you come to my side of the map? It's been fun. I, yeah, I... Uh, side note on that game you were talking about, Henry, I'm Verdi, Verdi. It appears yeah. to be on almost all platforms, like it's on like uh, phones and shit like that too. Yeah, I imagine so. It's yeah. not exactly a a a game that's burning up your CPU. I, I so. was just curious. Yeah, it, it, like, yeah, it's got a soothing look to it, and I'm like, that looks nice. I wonder <laughs> if I can play that on my phone. You can. <laughs> yeah, is that it for everyone's weeks? I think so. Pretty much. Okay. Um. Obviously, we're gonna talk about E3 stuff. Uh, we got some news to get through first because the rest of the wicked, I guess, or something like that. Uh, Alex, if you'll intro the news for us. Thank you. Right, so this work gets weird. Like this isn't necessarily news about E3. If it was just news about E3, we would talk about it as part of E3. Uh, but. We're going to start off with something fun. Um, the next home for Fallout Shelter is the Tesla. Our joke about how um, the Tesla is the new platform for video games from last week has become a dark reality we all should feel ashamed about. Yeah, why did we do this? Why didn't... This is, yeah, I mean, this is unsurprising because it's Elon Musk being Elon Musk. You got to move those units somehow. And yeah. that does it for our funny news this week, I guess. Um, we got kind of four major ones, then we'll use the dovetail into actual E3-ness. Uh, which do you guys want to talk about first? Because all of them are kind of heavy in their own. So I just want to go down the list, because that makes it easier. Well, I know the ones that I'd like to talk at length on. Sure. I... It does, doesn't really matter. Let's start with the Amazon one. Um, for those not okay. familiar with this, Amazon has a gaming system thing called uh, Lumberyard. It's a kind of development platform. It's similar to CryEngine. Uh, it's like Unity and all those other kind of game development tools. And they also employ, I did not know this, uh, some in-house game developers. And they laid off a shit ton of them kind of in the middle of E3. Which, people lose their jobs all the time, but like, in the games industry, it's kind of getting laid off on the 4th of July or on Christmas. Yeah. That's that's pretty low. I mean, it just goes to so many different things, but it's like this, these these places aren't, are not budgeting correctly, or they just don't really care to budget for the long term, and they just budget for the short term. And so... I can't say that you are good at business if you're literally laying off dozens of people. That that just tells me you actually don't know what you're doing. And, and I the, mean, how... The, yeah, ex go ahead. the explanation given is kind of they are reorganizing to focus on a few games they have in development right now that will hopefully kind of launch the platform up, most notably of as New World and Crucible. 
I don't know what Crucible is, but New World is that colonization MMO we kind of made fun of a couple of months ago, I think. So <laughs> that seems like a dark mm. horse to back personally, but here we go. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I uh, Allegedly, this is kind of normal business quotations around all that, which isn't great to hear, but also isn't surprising at this point. They're... I'm I'm sick of that being normal business. Yes, I am I too. Mean, I've, I've, I mean, we've all made our feelings on this extraordinarily clear but yeah this is it's just i mean i mean i it's a problem with kind of corporate world and corporate america yeah but just corporate world in general is this the devaluing of your workers that are actually getting the actual work done mm-hmm. and it's not going to change until we have a until we have a union yep I, and it gets weirder too. Like some of the bigger names they hired, like uh, the director behind Far Cry Two and Portal and other games that are of note. Like they've chosen to leave. Hell, they canceled their first kind of big game, I guess, back in 2017 called Breakaway. Which mm. the, the fact that none of us know what any of these things are probably speaks more than we have time to go into right now. But yeah, it kind of goes to show you that you know. No matter, even if you're super Amazon rich, yeah, you can't always just throw money at a thing and and expect it to work. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of examples of people throwing tons of money at things and it just doesn't work out. It just sounds like they don't really know what they're doing over at Amazon Games. They they've got some weird leadership going on there that doesn't seem to know what it's what 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 they are doing. So, yeah. Yeah, I. not much more to the story than a bunch of people lost their jobs in the middle of a week where typically you think of jobs in the games industry as being safe-ish, but yep. maybe for Amazon, you don't give a fuck on that one. Uh, let's talk about Riot for a couple minutes now. Oh, oh Riot. Uh, the whipping boy that will Riot. not quit. <laughs> you fucking want it, Phil. Uh, I... All right, so essentially, yeah, they are they're being investigated now by the state of California for uh, gender discrimination, and specifically into pay, it looks like, in, the, in this case. And, yeah, the Department of, California Department of Fair Employment and Housing is now investigating them for real now, like, and... Apparently, Riot Games has not been cooperating, and that's going to make it all the worse. And so, like, this kind of falls in the category of who's surprised, show of hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, we just keep hearing worse and worse stuff about them, but you know what? I'm glad that this is being shown sunlight. I mean, you know, these things are now out in the open, and it seems like people are actually caring about it. I mean, I like that the state of California is now involved. Yeah. I mean, that's that. I think that's a good thing, because... It's an important who's, thing. Who's going to regulate them? It's not going to be me, the person with no power. It's... It, you kind of have to leave it up, you know, hope that, yeah, in this case, I'm really happy that they're getting involved. I think they should have been involved in more stuff that Riot's been doing horribly. But you know what? This is This is good. This is good. I'm glad it's being investigated. Yeah. Yeah, and so... Yeah, there again, it's like, you know, chalk this one up to shocking but not surprising. Yeah, I 
it's it's one of those ones where kind of like as, as part of the E3 stuff I was watching, the Riot is a big deal right now, and kind of this I I something that a bunch of kind of game devs talked about is the idea was like boycotting actually isn't the solution as many as as much as people think it is because the bosses get paid first. Like it's one of those ones where it's the we often say like just don't buy this game if you object to it, but it's one of those ones where it's like no no don't do that, but also keep in mind the fact that like if enough people buy that game, CEOs still get their bonuses and shit like that. Like it's not a you're not paying the workers first and then going up from there. It's very much big heads get their money first, and then they make sure everyone else gets paid if they can. And mm-hmm. But how else? But the thing is, how else are you really going to teach them a lesson if you just keep putting money in their pockets? No, and and, and you keep telling them it's just fine, keep doing the thing no, that you're and doing. No, that's the thing. Like, it's they, the idea that, like, if you keep fucking engaging with the problem, like, it's one of those ones where it's as long as you keep dragging the topic out into light, like, if Riot employees kind of were talking about the fact that they're getting investigated, and, like, the employees don't seem to actually have a problem with this. Like, it's the, apparently shit there is bad enough, like, and uh, some of the interviews I watched, kind of, it came out that, like, the stuff we've been made aware of via Kotaku and Polygon and Gamma Studio, all the people that have doing articles on that, some people there had no idea that was going on, and, like, the stuff that we found pretty appalling, other people have had the reaction of, oh, there's so much worse happening here, actually. Which doesn't surprise but, me, but, like, also, it's the, holy shit, how fucked is your organization that that people are hacked, like, a percentage of your population is having the reaction of, like, what, this is it? Like, yeah, everyone knows this is going on, right? Like, there's way worse shit going on behind the scenes. But, I mean, the thing is, and like I said, this is why I, this is, this is, this, the point I'm about to make is why I'm so happy that California's finally getting involved is, most of the time, just bring it out into the open, literally nothing happens, yeah. nobody gets punished. Did anybody get punished for any of the stuff that happened before? Did anybody get punished for it? No, and I think that's kind of what's led to now, it's the fact that people have kind of there kept the focus on it, though. Like, it's... But, I mean, the thing is, there's just, the thing is, for loads of that stuff, they aren't going to get punished, and you know what? Even though the state of California is investigating them right now, they might not end up with anything from this. Oh yeah, and no. Definitely, we... specific people aren't going to get punished. They aren't going to bring out the CEO in handcuffs, though they probably should. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like unless you you have to vote with your dollar. If you don't vote with your dollar, they will never get punished because we obviously we can't rely entirely on the state to do this i'm glad that the state is getting involved finally on at least one aspect of this that is that they can actually go after you know breaking state state employment laws but yeah. i mean everything else that, that that have been going on it's all civil suits and but the thing is you aren't going to teach these companies a, a lesson unless you stop buying their stuff yeah they will never literally never learn I mean, yes, unionization, yes, that is absolutely another key. But the thing is, boycotts traditionally have worked wonders for lots of different reasons. I can name several boycotting campaigns that have been amazingly, amazingly, like, meaningful. In the games industry, though? uh, No, because people won't do it. People just buy the freaking games. They won't, they won't make make a ruckus they won't make a fear over it they'll just be like well i like the game too much so i'm just gonna buy it anyways well you're not helping things yeah i i've always 
I try to buy ethically. This is just my own personal thing. No. And it's not always possible. And I understand that. I super understand that. But with games, you don't need that game. You don't. It's not like you're buying bread here. You're, you're buying a video game. You're buying entertainment. And yeah, maybe you can give up that one game. If you, want, if you actually want humans to be treated better, could you at least give up a video game? I mean, it doesn't seem like much of a much of a sacrifice to me for, like, human lives. Give up a video game. Save a life. I mean, it's it, it doesn't seem like a hard concept to me. It's like, I'm not having to give up anything that's difficult. It's not like I'm having to give up eating for the, to, to help them out. I could just not buy a piece of entertainment. So, so that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where I stand. I mean, it's, it's not going to change. And they don't care because they care... They only really care about the money line when it comes down to it. What's profitable, what's not. And may, maybe if you cause them to make a cynical change because they're forced into it, that's fine. But you aren't going to force them unless you hit them where they actually care, which is their profits. If you ruin their profits, they will listen. I guarantee you they will. I would say to a certain extent they'll listen because when the profits start to drop, the top, the people at the top who make the big decisions will still get their due. Yeah, but they'll it's start the to panic because to... if you can't keep, if your company is just not profitable, it doesn't matter how much, how high you are. If the whole company collapses, you go down with that. Yeah, but those people have guaranteed sign bonuses for what they do anyway. That's the reason you have these big like CEOs who take over companies that are failing, and then they just turn to shit anyway. But they still get their due. It happened with the Toys R Us CEO. It happened with the Sears CEO. You have all these guys. All, everybody else got who was hired got fucked. Those big guys, they get their due, regardless. And it's because the system itself is set up in a shitty manner. And it's time to break the system. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. And like, and one of the ways to break that system is to make sure that the companies that hire these honestly sociopathic CEOs. Make sure that these companies don't get profit. If they, I mean, that's the thing. They're again voting with your dollars. If you, if a company hires a CEO that's sociopathic, you should be like, no, I'm not going to give you money because your CEO is a sociopath. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's it's not going to change. It's never going to change unless we do something about it. And just buying the stuff anyways doesn't help anything at all. I mean, maybe in the short run, it's like maybe, maybe some people might not get laid off. But as we've seen, it doesn't matter how profitable they are or how well they're doing. They will just lay off people because that's what they do to make a few extra bucks so they can buy that second yacht. So, I mean, yeah, screw them. Take away their, take away their livelihood. Make, it sure, make sure that these types of CEOs are no longer, this type of management is no longer welcome at any company. That's how it stops. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, if 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 you're if you're if you're pray please leave them no home to return to. Burn everything. Make sure that they don't have an office a another CEO cushy cushy CEO position to get into. You burn it all. End rant. <laughs> I, no, I I don't think anything you said is wrong or kind of inappropriate at this point. Like it's I it's one of those ones where someone who often like takes the stance of fix this so the government doesn't because you don't want the government fixing this. 
I am very curious how this whole proceeding goes down because it, it may set an important precedent. Like it's no secret to a lot of people that the games industry has a whole mess of social problems, whether it be gender, race, kind of even being appropriate to your employees. Like it's it has a reputation for being juvenile because of the unfortunate amount of frequency. It is juvenile. Fuck, like this podcast occasionally, like in a sea of podcasts, we are definitely on the kind of like, let's say swear words because it's fun end of the spectrum. But yeah, I, I, I will, I'm sure we'll be talking more about this in the hopefully near future, but probably kind of ongoing future just because these types of things take time. But I, yeah, I think it will be fascinating to see what comes of this. And it will absolutely suck. And it will be a problem, I think, if nothing does. But mm-hmm. I- I'm willing to kind of, for the time being, at least cross my fingers and be like, eh, oh, yeah. California's a progressive enough state that maybe something will happen. And Riot is a big enough company. That, like, this is going to sound terrible. The company's worth enough money that's actually worth California's time to go through and actually maybe have an opinion as opposed to being like, eh, only hurting 12 people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, I am, you know, and I and I am optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic about it because they're actually getting involved and it seems like they probably have a solid, solid, solid investigation here. Yeah. I mean, what they're, what there's, this isn't a, this is something that they can just check via numbers. So, I mean... This is going to be something that's a little bit easier for them to actually really dive into, whereas some of these, they're again like these allegations, it's harder. It is harder. It's not impossible, of course, there, there's going to be civil suits, but it is harder. But in this case, the state of California is going after something that is very concrete, extremely concrete evidence. It would be hard for them to hide what they're paying people when that is you know that is that's knowledge that you can get that is that is available knowledge so yeah how about we throw in a bit of a palette refresher in between obviously that's <laughs> transition but because it's an easy transition to make we to talk about bowser quickly yeah all right let's talk that's about always. bowser um yeah i kind of have to spoil one of the greatest moments of e3 nintendo got out there and officially recognized that their new I, what's it? Head of American? Head of, head of Amer- Nintendo America? Like, what's his official uh, CEO? President of Nintendo. That's America. the right yes. phrase. That's what I was looking for. Is indeed one Doug Bowser. I believe it's Doug Bowser. <laughs> and and they and they definitely had fun with it. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's fun. It's one of those ones where it's the. There was only two ways to go with this one. They could have acted like absolutely nothing. Or they could have done a little thing with Bowser in a tie, which, by the way, I now want Bowser in a tie, the amiibo. I think Bowser <laughs> looks great in a tie. And then have him they be confused as to which Bowser is actually the president of America, Nintendo, or Nintendo America, and then have him step in and just be like, yup, I'm Bowser. Yuck it up, internet. Uh, <laughs> uh, beyond kind of being a great meme source for E3, he also, as part of E3, got out there and talked about how he really hates the idea of crunch and how he's going to try and help Nintendo kind of steer into the not crunch land. Uh, it's been interesting E3 for that, where like be as cynical as you want on this one. I certainly am being, but you had like uh, 
Animal Crossing get delayed because they don't want to put their employees through crunch or the CD Projekt Red um, president, CEO, owner, whatever his exact title is, get out there and say, we are working our asses off to avoid crunch for uh, cyberpunk. Lots of companies out there very trendily saying, we're trying our hardest to avoid putting people through crunch, which is great. And even if you arrive at a good, uh, a good outcome via cynical means, it's still a good thing, I think. But yeah, it, it, I think it's important to see as high-ranking a member as uh, Mr. Doug Bowser. I just want to call him Bowser for short. I know I can't because then it's... Just, <laughs> just call him Bowser. Just call him That's Bowser. Fine. It's important to see kind of someone as high-ranking in a company like Nintendo get out there and condemn the practice. And yes, you can be as cynical as you want with the whole, oh, it's easy to say it but hard to do it. Yeah, we, we get it, but have an official stance on it is something nice, especially to see out of one of the big three, if you will. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I absolutely agree that, yeah, I don't care if it's cynically based or not. The The point is, it's out there, it's being said, and now it's public knowledge and you're going to be held to it. Yeah. So that's the other thing. It's like, you know, there is now a level of accountability for the comp- for these companies that are coming out and saying, you know, making good statements about you know, against the idea of crunch. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm really happy that that he for one has already out the gate. I mean, in his first major public appearance, this is something he felt was important enough to say on literally his first major public appearance in his new position. So mm-hmm. that's to be commended, honestly. I mean, it's it's not necessary. It is trendy. But it's not necessarily that popular. I mean, we can still count the number of people that have made statements like this on one hand. Yeah. So, so yes, it is trending to a certain extent, but it's not like it's happening all over. So, because a lot of them don't want to make statements about it because they know that they'll be caught up in it because they engage in it regularly. Yeah. And like I but, said, like yeah. it's... But super cool. I mean, honestly... There again, yeah, like you said, cynical or not, I, that's it's great, I uh, fantastic. I mean, I I applaud them. Yeah, they could have talked about a lot of things. I mean, like I said, it was his first public outing, and it's like, you know, what what do you want to be? Is you know what people will remember you as in your introduction? People are going to remember this. I mean, because it's his first major thing. So I mean, that's that that's pretty big, really. Mm. But, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to see more statements out there like this. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Our our last piece of kind of this one's actually less uncomfortable and more kind of step in the right direction, but the internet's also terrible. Yes. Um. All right. So, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, a game about kind of human modification and what it means to be human, et cetera, et cetera, dating all the way back to its roots in the tabletop community that were a little bit controversial, actually, has, um, as part of a tech demo, as part of the, it was the PC gaming show, actually, there was a poster, or they were they were showing a scene that had a poster that had a trans model in the poster kind of thing. Um, for those curious, this wasn't some kind of, like, overly explicit poster. It was a highly sexualized one, and... The internet lost its shit on this topic. Because, actually, it was a little bit of explicit. Uh, have you actually seen Yeah, have you seen the I, I guess, like, as someone who's been, read a magazine recently, it's 
that feels like something you get away with in the modern era, and then this may be kind of my yeah, ignorance on this topic. Like it feels appropriate to what that game is, unfortunately. Compare it to other ads within in the game. I haven't seen other ads. I guess like I, I love one of those three posters, and I think it's yeah. And to me, it's in poor taste. I'll in poor taste definitely, but I'd also say like. The real world would not there, be free of Let's just say taste. that there's there's not a lot of good trans representation in yeah. media. Period, and what it is, it's it's either sexualized and fetishized like this, or it's condemned, and that's the only two you usually ever get to see. I mean, I can count the number of decent representation of trans persons in media yeah. on one hand, and that I'm talking about like going back way far it's like you know like i think like one of them is is twin peaks like in twin peaks there's a character that just is just trans um the character that uh david duchovny plays uh i don't remember her name sure the character's name i i would also but, bring up the fact that this is the game that has as part of its kind of marketing material shown the lady in the bra with the removable jaw like yeah and yeah, and I'm, I, I don't know. It's just, it's it's exhausting. And it, like I said, it's exhausting trying to find good representation because this yeah, is I'm... not good representation. And so, but yeah, to not to belabor that point, which is already, I mean, this is this is something that came up, you know. But the, what we actually want to talk about is, yeah, is I... that CD Projekt Red are actually responding to this criticism. And they're going to, and they're actually going to try to make sure that their character creation system is way more inclusive. And that's actually why I brought up the origins of the game, because going all the way back to the pen and paper stuff, the concept of body modification, like well, there were rules in the game for actually making your character trans. Um, it was, uh, unfortunately at the time, a negative penalty to your character's kind of overall stats. I believe it was like a minus one to humanity or something like that. Because it just... Yeah. But the humanity stat was also kind of like connection to your body, which was a whole other weird thing. Cyberpunk the tabletop is weird. We're going to talk about it more in a couple minutes. But like, if they're going to, in earnest, actually make kind of this a thing you can do in the game and have it just kind of be a thing as opposed to a negative thing. A mechanic? Yeah, a mechanic. Yeah, so yeah. and and you know what? There again, this was, and this was what I was telling you about pressure. I mean, this, all this took was public pressure of, yeah. of people, rightfully, pretty upset about it because there again, you don't you usually find either, you know, overly fetishized representations or just really negative representations there for the humor value. Yeah. Ha ha, the guy's a girl. Ha ha, no, not cool. But they didn't. I mean, that they didn't. I'm not saying they did that. But yeah, I'm saying I, it's that's that's it's 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 a matter of representation, and trans persons have it harder. Yeah, than most people. Period. I mean, this it's just high levels of violence and poverty. I mean, it's just it's 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 bad. And yeah, I'm glad that they are choosing to respond to it in a positive way instead of. They could have taken a lot of ways to this. I think it would have been really dumb to do, especially during Pride Month. Yeah. But, 
but and yeah, I, I think part of the issue is the company historically has not necessarily handled this topic well. Like I, we we on this talk no. on this podcast have talked about at least one. I think we talked about the second time. Like their marketing team needs to get fired a little bit every once in a while when they say something in poor taste yeah. or have a kind of member of the staff get yeah. out there and say something where it's like, no, no, you do know you're making cyberpunk, right? Like. This is a this is a charged game from a variety of angles, and like you can't act like you're doing one thing and then have some asshole out there saying like, "Oh, but this." Yeah, yeah. A, a part of me almost wonders if there wasn't the backstory on this one, if kind of the first half of this topic had, would have even existed. Like it's, it does not seem to be in the best of taste, but also like this is a highly sexualized game, hypothetically. Like it's. What they've shown of this game already has has put The Witcher in some ways to shame in the kind of yeah we're gonna show tits aspect of thing like it's the cyberpunk is a bizarre world of kind of marketing critiques and what does it mean to be human and it's kind of taking kind of modern concepts to just an extreme degree. Mm. But we'll see. Like it's one of those ones where it's if the game comes out and this truly like. I will happily change my sense of now. This is egregious and kind of fetishistic, but yeah, yeah. I someone wrote a wrote a great ah, someone wrote a great article on kind of like just let the like let them make the game they're trying to make, and we'll judge it later. And I think that's at least for me the stance I want to take for now because I don't know kind of what that game is yet, and it's one of those ones where I am more than happy to be like, nah, this is in poor taste. When I can actually judge it, I still haven't seen that game outside of a YouTube window, kind of thing. And but yeah, but I will say this uh, from a from a development perspective, you want changes to be early in the process, yeah. not late. Yes, and the earlier that changes happen, uh, yeah, you don't, uh, you don't, you don't want to keep throwing stuff into it late. I mean, there's some. It's an idea called feature creep. Yep, that we talk and... about with a lot of frequency lately. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but that's why I'd rather, you know, something come to light right now, and then they can say, "All right, we can actually work on that now. We have time to work on it now." Yeah, we, you know, this isn't something that was brought up a month before its release, so they scramble around just to do something. This is months before the release, so there is actually time to work on this yeah. because they are still in the process of just creating the 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 character creator and so this is the time when feedback is absolutely needed now rather than later when it's still in development still yeah. in development proper so. yeah I, I look forward to the game at this point i think it could be something i think it could be a real problem too yep and yeah i i, I don't think it's fair to the game to these are definitely things worth talking about beforehand but I'm not sure it's fair to the game to condemn it before we can actually look at it in a broader yeah. picture just yet. Well, I'm not, I mean, I'm not condemning it. No, I'm not it. saying you I mean, are, it's... but, like, it's a lot of people, like, we as a society, like, jump to a decision the moment we have enough information to make a decision, and, it, yeah, I think it's one of those ones, where, like, if you judge the Witcher franchise off some of its ad campaigns from the earlier Witcher games, you'd have been like, mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm personally not a fan of the Witcher series. I don't at me. Like parts of Witcher, I think the combat in three is bad. I think the world has been cool. 
which is why I'm curious about Cyberpunk, because the combat looks good. Mm. But, that kind of does it for our newsy news aspects of this week. Which means it's time to talk about E3. And oh boy. Right off, oh, yep. yeah. And right off the bat, we're going to talk about how um, Keanu, Johnny Silverhands, Reeves, Reeves? Fucked up Keanu Reeves. Reeves' name now, Reeves. Fucking 1E3. And we're just getting this one out of the way because often we'll kind of do some fun, silly, like, oh, who 1E3 thing at the end. And it's Keanu. It's, it's fucking Keanu. No, it's, yeah, he is, he is a treasure. He is a national, international treasure. And, yeah, including him just makes your, it'll just, it makes your, whatever you're doing, more beloved. Yeah, and I think my favorite kind of part of this whole Keanu saga is uh, the developer, the, the original developer for Cyberpunk. Uh, let me look up his name quickly. And you're talking about Cyberpunk 2020. Yes. Um, hope I'm right on this one. Um, Mike Pondsmith? Uh, Poundsmith, is that right? I don't know. Really I hope don't it is. Yes, Mike Poundsmith. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Sorry if I'm not, dude. Uh, he has been very involved in the whole kind of adapting cyberpunk from a tabletop game into a video game. And as a part, like, they'll, they'll, apparently CD Pressure will go to him with approvals. And when they said, like, hey, we want to use Johnny Silver. For those not familiar with cyberpunk, Johnny Silverhand is a very real in-lore character who's a big deal and kind of simply referencing him as a big kind of look how much we're actually pulling from the old books moment for Cyberpunk 2077. And I guess his response was like, yeah, that's cool. I totally use him. Like, it makes sense. Like, how are you going to use him? They're like, okay, so here's the breakdown of him. He's going to be like an AI ghost. Okay. And we're trying to get Keanu Reeves to play him. And apparently the dude just fucking lost his mind. He's like, that's the perfect character. And then when they got him, it was like, yeah, so we got him. He's like, holy shit. Like, the guy's been out there on Twitter and shit being like, holy shit, we got Keanu Reeves to play Johnny Silverhand. He's like, if I had known about The Matrix when I wrote uh, Cyberpunk, I'd have made that. I, I, that's the guy I'd have thought would have been him. <laughs> Which is just fun. It, yeah. it's, it, after how kind of shitty the relationship between CD Projekt Red and the Witcher developer was, it's just kind of what I want to see at this point. Yeah, a good relationship between creator and developer. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Keanu was delightful because he's just comes across as genuine because it strikes me he's kind of genuine. Yeah. And when he was on stage, it's just this very genuine energy. Uh, it's this happy to be here, happy to introduce this stuff. He has things to say, but he's also in just kind of enjoying being there and enjoying being part of a game. Yeah, I, I. it's one of those ones where it's, if it was any other actor, I'd be a little more cynical, and if it was any other game, I'd be more cynical, but, like, the the guy's not been in a lot of video games. To hear him talk, like, it's the, all the interviews post the reveal have been just kind of heartwarming of him being like, it's really cool to be in a video game that's not off of a movie I was in. Like, the guy seems... Generally, like when, they, when they approached him, it was like, "Are you sure you want me to be in your video game?" Like, "No, yeah, yeah, we we think you're Johnny Silverhands and uh, Silverhand." And then like, yeah, he read the books, and he's like, "I want to be this character. Here's my take on this character." They're like, dude, that's the correct thing. All of the stuff to come after the fact is great. 
Mm-hmm. And like, it's what you want out of a big celebrity being involved in a video game. Like, how many times, like, after the fucking Ronda Rousey playing Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat 11 and just it feeling bad and unwanted, the fact that Keanu seems kind of happy about this, like, ah, oh, it's, it's a new branch for my career. Cool. I'm John Wick yeah. and Johnny Silverhand. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, he was also Johnny Mnemonic. Yes. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, I was going to throw the Johnny Mnemonic angle on this one, but thanks for catching yep. that one. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense in the modern context, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah, like it's between kind of all I've, I've super enjoyed all the memes of Keanu throwing to weird stuff. Like people have been taking that video clip and just making it in their own kind of nightmare factory thing. It's <laughs> great. I highly recommend diving into that because like it ranges from him being like either my favorite one is him throwing to himself or him <laughs> like throwing to like weird cat videos and shit like that. Or him, like, throwing <laughs> just a blank screen. It's like, ah, yes. You all get the point of this meme. Congratulations. So there are, like, two different Keanu memes flying around right now. There's that one. There's also the one, I guess, because he was recently in that Always Be My Maybe show. Or, um, yes. movie. Which is also great. So, yeah, if you haven't seen that, that's also a great movie. I haven't seen it yet, but Mandy saw it. And she said it was fucking great. She's seen it twice now. Uh, but I guess there's one now where they have Keanu walking into music, and they just change the music he walks into. There's an entire Twitter account dedicated to it. So uh, something about that man. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But yeah. So there, there's there's two current Keanu memes on the rise. If you're into the meme economy, if you will, uh, because yeah. of this. So you're skipping. Also, you you know you're skipping over also one other meme. But uh, I'll I'll go into that in a second. Is it the breathtaking thing? Yeah. So that's my favorite little, one. Little fun tidbit on that one, Charlie. We know the guy who yelled. Your we breath do. Taken. What? Yes. He was part of Extra Life LA. Oh, really? who was it? Uh, do you remember Peter Sark? He used to do all the AV stuff. I think he was before my time, but okay. Well, yeah, that was him. Huh? He uh, he's the one who yelled it out. That's cool. So, uh, it's funny because I, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting because it turns out it was it, it was one of the people that was involved in Next Life LA. Um, so he actually helped us do a lot of the AV stuff early on. Yeah, I think uh, I took I over his job because he stopped coming. I think or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, well, he was doing his own yeah. thing afterwards. But um, have you heard the little controversy post your breathtaking event, if you will? No, what happened? Henry, have you heard, do you know where I'm going with this one? No, I don't. Okay, so there's a whole clip with obviously he yells, you're breathtaking, and then Keanu's like, you're breathtaking, you're all breathtaking. Yeah. And uh, so um, CD Projekt Red reached out to uh, Peter and said, hey, uh, we want to give you a free copy of the collector's edition uh, to Cyberpunk 2077. And he was like, that's cool and all, but would you donate a Xbox Gamers Outreach cart to a children's hospital instead? Oh, that's awesome. So it's been getting mixed reviews, actually. And I'm interested in taking your take. So here are the two sides here. Um, and I totally get his background because I don't know if, well, 
do you uh, obviously you guys don't know much about him, but um, talked about extra he was involved life with CH and stuff. Like if he's if he was involved yeah. in that, the move makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so if you have you guys heard of Gamers Outreach? Yes, they're Not they're pretty popular charity out there. Specific organization, yes. no. So what they do is they make uh rollable console carts for hospitals. Oh, these things, but yeah, they they're cool. To... Yeah, yeah. So um, actually, uh, we actually funny you mentioned that, Charlie. We know the guy who runs Gamers huh. Outreach. Yeah, he was on. Remember when we did the panel for uh, doing charity games yes. a long time ago? You and I. The only funny yeah, part of that, that panel, yes. <laughs> he was on that panel. His name's Zach. Mm. Zach Wiggle. Uh, he was featured actually on the Thirty on the Thirty for some tech. We stuff should have him ago. on the podcast at some point. Just yeah, ruin his career by accident, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, again, it's just this weird little wonderful like small world situation yeah. here, but um. So he runs Gamers Outreach, and so he makes these carts that are cost about, uh, it's, it usually, you usually have Xboxes in them, I believe. So it's an Xbox, it's a monitor, some controllers, and some games, and the cart itself, and it goes for about 3500 completed build. So like, that's, what, that's what they go for. If you're looking for kind of a mental reference, imagine like, a, um, like the, the food carts they have on airplanes. They're kind of fully self-contained. They have slots they put stuff in. Like it's a little unit you can roll around a hospital. It's not just like some shitty IKEA four rack thing. It's you can even lock them and stuff like that. They get like they're yeah. like yeah. fall downstairs and everything is fine inside of them. Sturdy too. Yeah, they are built yeah. to and they are built to hospital standards of like sanitation yep. and stuff like that as well. And it's mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons why it's so modular and stuff. So yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's super cool. But yeah. All right, so I already know where I fall on the side of this, but so here's where here's the I'll present you the story, and I want to hear you guys' take on this okay. one uh, because it's also been one of the big things they've been talking about recently. Is so CD Projekt Red reached out to him and said, "Hey, we want to give you a free copy of our collector's edition." Cool, and so he replies back, "That's cool and all, but how about you guys donate a cart to a children's hospital instead from Gamers Outreach?" And so the Two sides are, that's really cool. He's using a moment to kind of be like, hey, let's give to a charity, this and that. The other people are like, dude, you're basically strong-arming a company to now have to do a charitable action because if they don't, they look like jerks. So those are the two angles that have been kind of popping up as of late. Uh, so I wanted to hear your take on this. I probably fall on both sides of that argument simultaneously. Like, I've I am a strong believer in an altruistic thing done for maybe not the best reasons it is still an altruistic thing that got done. So it's kind of a, if you're looking kind of the karmic thing, it's a zero, but like th- this could make kids that are sick happier. And like, if you want to pull the real cynical Charlie comment, like break down the price difference between the collector's edition and the cart. Like that's, Maybe the one spot where I'm like, eh, one of these is way more expensive than the other. But at the same time, it's like, no, because I want there now to be a CD Projekt Red branded cart in some kid's hospital where it's like, we're the cyberpunk and Witcher people. Children should not be playing our games. (laughs) I don't know if they brand them specifically to the. I I think they should have to in this case. Yeah. But, yeah, I. I don't know. I definitely fall on the side of I'm glad that he's using it as an opportunity to be like, hey, here's a chance at charity. A charity, it's not like, you know, you mentioned you you, you went on and described how he 
is super involved in this sort of thing. It isn't out of nowhere. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I can I can understand this discrepancy in what's being offered and what he's asking for. But yeah, you know what? Uh, maybe uh, I I think he just wants more visibility for for this charity, which is pretty cool. But even that, like I I, I would uh, I would actually just you know want a donation straight to a children's hospital. But I mean. That's that's also kind of just me. I mean, there's, but the carts, the games. I mean, there's been studies about how we can literally take your mind off of pain, and that and it helps a lot with pain management. And so that's and and in just general, just making it a little brighter because, man, hospitals can be pretty lonely and and dark, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I but yeah, I don't know. It's I I think. I can I can understand the two sides, but I know where I where I would land on. Okay, well I'm glad I, I kind of presented it without painting it too much. Yeah, because now I want to give you really quick some context on his background, which is why I'm kind of leading towards the hey, it's a cool moment to like get a cart. For well, a so I I do want to throw so, one kind of qualifier actually on this one. It is his company, or he's involved in the company. Yes. And that I maybe take a little issue with, because that's technically business for his company. No, Peter's not involved with this company at all. Okay, sorry, based on what you described it as, I thought he was, like, involved in the company. It's just one that he likes a lot. Yeah. But I'm fine, yeah. So he... Yeah, so Peter is not involved with Gamers Outreach at all, other than maybe trying to get a card at some point. Um, just kind of like how we do Extra Life. It, like, we're, we, we participate in it, but we're not actual owners or involved directly in the company in that yeah. sense. Um, so Peter actually had his sister pass away at a children's hospital a long time ago. Mm. And so he's been doing charity stuff, I think specifically with CHLA outside of Extra Life for a while mm. now. Uh, so it's not new for him. So I think given the context of knowing that before, I'm kind of cool with this because he it, it is a cool moment. But I also want to talk about some of the other stuff that's been coming out from it because he's been really milking that breathtaking thing. That's now. a problem. Like, yeah, pretty hard. Yeah, like he's he's been going like I guess because he's part of the Xbox VIP thing or whatever, and there are people there who've been talking about like he's making sure people know he's the breath. That's a guy. problem. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I'm cool with the whole cart situation. Um, I do understand the angle where people are talking about the strong arming company when they did a nice gesture of, hey, I want to give you a game. Yeah. No, I'd rather give this. I saw it. It was a post on Choosing Beggars, which was kind of a thing. Yeah. But I, it's a mixed bag, but I was curious to see if you guys had heard about it because it, it's, been, it's been going around the internet a little bit. So, but yeah. Other than that, though, Keanu was a cat class act through and through. Mm-hmm. He handled that well. Yep. And then the last thing I'll talk about that one was when you hear stuff like this happening, it's only going to encourage people to heckle and yell stuff at presenters and hopes of free stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. It's okay. That's 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 actually a really cool perspective on that. That's a really good perspective. That's something that. we're going to talk about, kind of moving on, that. especially in the Bethesda press conference. Exactly. Why to Bethesda? All right. So, is it time to talk about E3 in kind of broad strokes? Sure. Sure. All right. So let, let's dive in. Let's go chronological as much as that's going to suck. It will catch up to Bethesda pretty quick because EA is first. And uh, they did not have a press conference. They had that 
EA Play thing. They said we're fixing Anthem. They showed off some stuff. Uh, the Star Wars game looks cool enough, I guess. They showed off, I think it was literally four games in three hours and just kind of had um, people sitting there talking about stuff. I, it, it was basically nothing. It was kind of when they even bothered to stream it. Oh, yeah, but my notes, I have written EA Yawn. Yep. Okay, so, so up, that's the, all I okay. have for EA. So the Star Wars game looked really good. I, Does I, it? Because like, what have we actually seen of that Star okay, Wars I, game? Well, I think that's the first we've seen of it. But I like the idea of like, okay, so I really enjoy playing like Jedi Academy mm. and Jedi Outcast. Okay, so this in a way reminds me a little bit more of it, but with some extra fun stuff involved. Obviously, the Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy had a lot more flexibility as far as the movement for the character goes. Mm-hmm. Uh. But I kind of I kind of dug it a little bit. Like I I, I was cool with it. I, I enjoyed it personally. So uh, did did we watch said, different trailers or something? Because like <laughs> this reminded me more of Forced Unleashed than either of the mm. games you just mentioned, and that's not a good well, comparison. Yeah, no, it's more like uh, well, yeah, I didn't play Forced Unleashed, so I'm basing it off my perspective with. Uh, Jedi Outcast and Jedi Kelly. I guess what I'm going with is the angle of the angle of it's a it's a single player based Jedi kind of adventure is what I'm going for. And that I appreciate. I don't know. I (laughs) as someone who played both of the Forced Unleashed games there's a lot of people in this game that are capable of parrying or surviving lightsaber blows. Just Mm -hmm. saying. That's fair. Oh, oh yeah. There is that is one thing that I did find interesting about the about that. I guess there is one thing that I found interesting about that one in particular is they actually did talk about how they tried to make the combat in a certain sense be a little bit more realistic to the technology. That is, you don't you don't hit people with lightsabers multiple times because the thing is, they straight up said like a lightsaber ends the battle. You hit with it once, it slices them in half, it's over. So everything, so all the combos are built on, I'm not actually hitting somebody with a lightsaber, not just hitting somebody with a lightsaber repeatedly, which yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, when it's the finishing blow, when you actually hit somebody with their lightsaber, that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm so sorry, that's, I'm watching, that's I, I, I cool. watched a trailer where someone got hit with a lightsaber multiple times and did not die. They had like burn marks on the outside mm. of their armor. I, I but that mean, but yeah, that may mean that they they're meant to because the armor meant to take a little bit more damage. But yeah, I saw other parts that were specifically described as they wanted to make it feel more like a lightsaber is a super deadly weapon if you manage to hit with it. But there's a lot of characters that can that have various ways to deflect it, either weaponry or armor. I remember anyway. spiders that survive multiple lightsaber hits from this trailer. Like people seem excited about this game. I played both Force uh, the Force Unleashed games, and there was cool moments, especially the mod that made lightsabers one hit kills. But I I don't know. I people have called this like Jedi Dark Souls, but I think is a completely wrong name for it. I, I've heard that too, actually. I I don't know. And this might be me being too cynical for my own good at this point. I it's it could be cool. I'm not gonna condemn this thing because it's just EA, but 
I remember uh, the Force Unleashed one and two way too well to give this game trust before I can play it. Hmm. Mm. That's yeah, fair. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure I come off as a cynical asshole in that category, but I <laughs> no. Like, but yeah, but even with with what I said, I'm still not interested in anything that EA presented. Yeah. Well, I mean, realistically, so you had Jedi Fallen Order, which is something new. You had a new character for Apex Legends. Woo! And then, yeah, like, she looks kind of cool. Does um, she? But, like, uh, I like, I, I saw some of her character aspects where she's very much, like, dropping electric, like, fence stuff and all that. Like, it, it's interesting, especially when you pair her up with some other characters like Caustic or, or, or whatever, I believe uh, his name was. But, yeah. So I I, I kind of dig the character. I don't know uh, if they're gonna do some more stuff with their oh season two. They have their thing or whatever. I forgot what it's called. The season pass. But uh, yeah, um, I thought she was kind of nifty looking. Are you playing Apex Legends still? Will no. she bring you back? <laughs> Probably not. Is she really <laughs> that nifty? She looks nifty to watch, but I don't think I'm gonna play the game because because I have another shooter I'd prefer to play. That's yeah. Fair. But, yeah, other than that, what did they talk about also? What, Battlefield 5? Same thing? Battlefield 5? Yeah. Yeah. Did they ever release their Battle yeah, Royale it's, no, yet? it's called Firestorm. I forgot People if they did. like it. Like, it's terrifying. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we had Battlefield 5, and then, of course, and no one saw this coming. No one! FIFA 20. Yeah. No one saw FIFA 20 coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there again, it was it was a big yawn for me. I was super not interested in, in EA. Can we just talk about the big fuck you in a way, or at least I felt it was, uh, that they had Anthem stuff in between two other games, like, as a segue? <laughs> I'm just amazed Anthem was even mentioned at all. Like, I... It didn't even have its panel part. They had it mentioned in, like, they had it sandwiched in between for a few minutes, Talk about what they're doing for Anthem. Uh, yep. <laughs> and they said they're listening to player feedback and this and that. And apparently they only invited fucking influencers to their player feedback well, session was, behind yeah, closed yeah, doors. Yeah, like I okay, like to rewind to the pre Battlefield 2 launch, and maybe this is just kind of how I remember things. They had a video that was like influence uh, they were talking about the development for Battlefront 2, and they're like yeah, we flew, like they're like uh, someone like an influencer said. Yeah, they flew us out. We had lots of thoughts about the game, and now it's great. It's one of these things where it's the at face value, okay, cool. If you take any second to think about it, it's the wait. They flew you to another country, let you play a game before a bunch of other people, and thought you would say anything, but the game is fine. And this was back before the whole, like, you can pay influencers a million bucks to play your games controversy bullshit happened yeah. in jazz. I, yeah. That's EA's mode of operandum at that point. Like, it's just, okay, yeah. how do we guarantee that, like, what we're hearing is what we want and or that the story out there is what we want that story to be? I, Yeah. I, would I love to but, see Anthem come back? Sure. But... Mm. Destiny 2, year 3, sure looks good. Doesn't have jetpacks, yeah. but I'll take it. But yeah, definitely nothing can... daring with EA's presentation. And it was too, Sue, like you, and you touched upon this earlier, it was so long to show so little. I, I don't know. I think the, I, 
I think mentioning Anthem at all was daring. Like, yeah, I, it but, shouldn't but, be, but, like, that's that's the daringest thing they did, I guess. But also, they just didn't have a lot to announce. It was, it was kind of small, especially I, yeah. when compared to some of the other presentations that were shorter and had more games. But anyways, yeah, I, I don't like EA as a company. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, they've done nothing but tell us that we probably shouldn't like EA as a company. Yeah. Uh, next up, Microsoft. Now, Microsoft had a ton of stuff, but it's because their umbrella is so big. Yeah. The amount of sub of of studios they have is massive, super massive. So, yeah, they had a lot. Uh, so this one actually has stuff to talk about. Do you want to talk about the overall press conference and then kind of talk about like the big reveals for that, or just kind of try and walk through this sequentially? Uh, I don't have any thoughts on Microsoft. It, it, like I said, there's too many studios for it to be cohesive. Fair. I, it's like, uh, for me, the Microsoft press conference was kind of this weird thing where you have Bill Spencer up there wearing a goddamn Psychonaut shirt, and that was distracting yep. me to the point where I'm like, explain <laughs> the Psychonaut shirt now. <laughs> well, we know what the explanation is. We do is now. now. But that was like two thirds of the way through the press conference. And I'm really looking forward to um, Double Fine's Halo Five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, did either of you two um, notice the pre-order thing they kept popping up through the entire press conference? Uh, no, uh, probably not. Okay, it was so, so not memorable. Of... I don't. It, it was not memorable because that thing was driving me insane. Like it was just like Xbox achievement update thing. They'd pop up in the corner. It was like you can pre-order this right now, and it bugged me because every time it popped up, it distracted me from like ah, god damn it. <laughs> I'm like you could do some cool <laughs> shit with this. You could like pop in some information about the game, but no, it's pre-order now, motherfuckers. It's like the old MTV commercials that had the little snippets that would pop up in kind of, video yeah. playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, so that was this year's hey in 4K. Yeah. In 4K, Xbox exclusive 4K. Yeah. Well, they have a habit of making sure they hammer something mm-hmm. down in every year, so. Yep. Anyone got thoughts on Battletoads? Uh, <laughs> why? I thought it looked kind of like cool. The art it style. Looks fun. I don't care about Battletoads. Yeah, like, I'm like that cool art style who cares yeah i mean it looks good i mean i i don't know it's just kind of like okay uh, it, i i, I don't have know the what note to think about that it, it, it strikes me it strikes me as a bit of hello fellow teenagers a little bit yeah but i think it also like bit. i i would watch a show in that art style i'm not sure i'll play a video game in that art style let alone a battletoads video game Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not. I'm not super interested in it. No. I, one game that I am interested in is Leading Edge. Really? By uh, by Ninja Theory, because I like fighting games. I think I'm the only. Uh, I I don't think either of you really like fighting games. Oh, we most certainly love, do. But I love fighting games, and this one looks fun. It's a 3D. Every multiplayer fighting game. It looks like brawl, Anarchy every- Reigns, which while I like Anarchy Reigns, Anarchy Reigns wasn't a good game. But we'll have to see if the combat's actually good. I mean, if the yeah. play control is good and it's visceral. I mean, that's going to make or break it, just like a lot of similar games. If the, if it feels good to play, if it's 
yeah. feels natural when you're when you're trying to attack another player if it's or if it feels sluggish and clunky which it can easily do that if you know 3d 3d brawling is super yeah. hit and miss i, I, I mean whereas something like devil may cry often feels kind of good because it's such fat such fast action but that that's definitely not all all of the gameplay yeah but yeah i, I don't know so on this one if it I like the designs. I like the look of it. I think it has a. I, it looks. Yeah, I, I like the. And there again, the art style brings me into a lot of games. Absolutely. If it has a really good art style, then that that actually piques my interest. A okay. Lot. And cause... this one has cool. Has a really. I like the art style for it. Okay, so I absolutely uh, that trailer just looked at. Uh, so the trailer to me looked like it was just kind of like. Borderlands presents For Honor, but yeah, they didn't show any gameplay, so I have no idea what the fuck that game is. I, it felt very kind of Battleborn, meme character design, but I, it, it could be cool. I don't know. I found it a little bit off-putting, I guess. The other thing that stood out to me during Microsoft thing is this. Uh, this was during the Microsoft thing that uh, the game that George R. R. Martin is working on, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it was during the Microsoft one. Yeah, Ring of and, Eden, uh, Elden. Yeah, yeah, Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Elden Ring. And to me, it means that a Song of Ice and Fire will never be finished, and the TV ending is canon. Ha 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 ha! Yeah. <laughs> You're never gonna get that last book again. That trailer did nothing for me. I'm like, oh, it did nothing for me. I just find it hilarious gotcha. it is that we're never gonna get you. the last book. More of a fuck you, R. <laughs> Martin fans. Got it. I'm surprised you got reaction to 12 minutes. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. The the, it seems it seems all right. I I did look at that and the whole time loop thing of replaying something. Yeah. I don't know. I could. It has to be done sure. really well because anything messing around with time like that, if it's not done well, it's just dumb. Like really dumb and predictable. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, at least it, it, it's it's interesting, but it's not a long game. I mean, that's and that's the one that'll be very you know, it's not exactly something that's going to be a a a big engrossing game. It's 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 confined to one room basically. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I think the concept behind it is if it's kind like of thirty but, bucks at launch, I'll be totally down. I'm not sure it's a sixty dollar game. Oh, that's for me. way too much. Yeah. For the amount of gameplay I think that thing will actually have, I would not pay 30 bucks for that. I'd maybe pay 20 Yeah. I'd pay I, 20 for it. I, 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 I heard some 30. interviews with the developer for that, I guess. It sounds like there might be more there than the trailer showed off, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, that's not a full-price game, in my opinion. Yeah. Am I the only Gears of War fan on this podcast? Probably. I was always kind of meh about yeah, Gears Yeah, I, I never really gave a crap about that's it fair. at all, because I found the designs super dumb oh they are the color palette and the color palette the most boring color palette i've ever seen in a piece of media ever they have fixed the color palette but yes the original gears wars were beige and muddy and yeah now nah, i, I yeah. feel a little bit robbed there was no single player reveal for it but i appreciate them mm. continuing the trend of gears of war trailers must be set to melancholy music or die trying <laughs> the only way you can show <laughs> off a gears of war <laughs> game is slow and plotting covers of other songs or kind of just downer shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yep, it has to be dramatic. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. After the last game where you go into a mech at one point and then play Gears of War, but scaled up to like 20 feet tall, so using the buildings for the cover system, I'm really excited to see where the fuck Gears Five goes. I'm <laughs> like that. That last game, like I think this is before you even joined the podcast, Henry, was ridiculous in a way I respected. Like. Just the fact that like the <laughs> the main character from the original games just was in the game as like an angry, pissed off old man filled my heart with so much joy for that game. So I'm I'm, I'm weirdly excited for Gears Five. At the same time, I'm weirdly excited for that um Gears Funko Pop game because it looks terrible. Oh and a shit ton man! Like Clash Royale. Yeah. Um. How about that uh, Forza news they had, though? Can I just get the Lego game? Like, can I get the Lego half of that game and not get the other half of that game? Because <laughs> <laughs> the Lego part looks cool. I don't really care about the real cars. Uh, but also, like, there's yep. an interview out there where they're talking about how, like, all the customization from the base game is in that game, but Lego-fied. Mm-hmm. So, like, it will mm. only work if it's Lego-compatible, where it's like, you have to, like, your decals will, like, have to snap on and stuff, which I find dumb but endearing. <laughs> <laughs> they showed off that new Xbox Elite 2, which is really cool, but I'm kind of curious if they're going to fix my big issue with that thing. <sighs> have I ever talked about the weird... Uh, no, so is... Have I ever talked about the weird design flaw I have for that thing? For the, the Elite? Uh, Xbox yeah. Elite thing? Oh, the yeah. controller? No, what is it? So, th- I have two. Is the... the... The, the flippers on the bottom aren't programmable, at least not in my experience. They correspond to specific face buttons. That's kind of a whatever. It's probably a thing you can change on that if you want. The bigger issue is that the whole um, trigger locks, you can slide up where the kind of the trigger pull ends. And for mm. some games, mm. that fucks with the ability to use the controller, actually. like So Destiny, you can't use those because it's far forward enough. You can't shoot hand cannons or make the sparrow go full speed hmm. oh it's a weird thing like, I, I i i heard at some point there was a vr game that you could cheat at it with the controller where you got you, you lose you use less stamina it was a rock climbing game or something you could cheat at the game because you mm. only the, the more you pulled down the triggers the more stamina you use kind of betting on the fact that people would like kind of grip hard because they're doing a rock wall climbing thing if you had that mm-hmm. in place mm-hmm. the game became super easy because you were using like only twenty five percent of the stamina most people used in the game, hmm. like it's mm. it's not just Destiny. Like, I've had other games that I've forgotten I had the um, trigger locks on, and it was a problem. And the fact they're making it even shorter hypothetically has me going, "Huh, that seems like it could be problematic if you're not addressing the weird dead zone issue." Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I'll be buying it unless I get a chance to try and figure out that thing's not a problem anymore. I also fucking love my Elite, so I... It's a great controller. <laughs> um... Uh, what next? Devolver Digital was after that, weren't they? Uh, yeah, we're not done with, uh, we're, we're no, not done with but... Microsoft yet, though. I've... Oh, okay. okay. Uh, Fantasy Star Online 2. Coming to the US finally. Way too goddamn late, but Seven years later. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. It got to the point where, like, I wasn't even sure that it was still going, and I'm a Sega fan. Oh, no, they just released a really creepy microtransaction for it. Eh, right. Did they? Uh, uh, it, 
What is it? So um, the character customization in that game, they they have like giant breasts you can strap onto your character, but the item for it is like a weird sci-fi like plastic box of boobs. It's just like a rack <laughs> for your front of your character in a vacuum sealed bag. It's like that's uncomfortable to think about. That's that's bizarre. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yep. I guess. Yep. Looking forward to that game coming to the U.S. We get to experience that type of weird shit. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm pro- honestly, I'm probably not going to play it. No. To be honest, perfectly honest, I'm probably not going to play it. Yeah. I liked the first one a lot. Oh, I'm gonna. I didn't. Have but... a chance. I, I didn't ha- I've never had the chance to play the second one for obvious reasons. And yeah, I don't think I'll play it now. I don't think I'll play a it's... lot of it, but I'm going to play that game. I've been waiting seven goddamn years. <laughs> I kind of towards the end of the press conference, they talked about the Project X Cloud and the Next Box, which is what I'm calling it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if they keep the name Project X Cloud for the final product, that is the coolest dumb name for a video game thing ever. If they change it, I'm never not calling it Project X Cloud. I love how dumb that is. That's some like that is some cyberpunk bullshit naming convention. <laughs> That's some nineties era naming. Yeah, it is. I, I they couldn't didn't go into great detail for this, which I found a little disappointing. But the fact that you can now use your Xbox as kind of a streaming server seems kind of cool. Hypothetically, yeah, yeah. Uh we got a big flashy video of the next box. Um. You said the phrase game stacks at some point, which I don't know what the fuck that is. I was hoping you could explain that concept to me, Henry. Uh, so so what in particular? They, they said the phrase game stack at one point. And like a, as a technological feature in that like weird we're talking about the next box. Game stack? I, it, I don't it might be, I, I'd have to see the context. I don't remember. Context. I took some notes on it. I've n- yeah mm. I'm not familiar with that term. Fair. That's not a technical term. Fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but apparently the future is all about load times and 8K at 120 frames a second, which just leads me to the question: Can the human eye perceive 120 frames a second? No, we actually top out at like going a little above 30. Okay. We start to really lose it at 60. It's pretty much seamless. Like as far as what we can actually detect, it's at by the time you reach sixty frames a second, it's pretty much seamless. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Mm. I mean, yeah. In that same so, vein, um... that, that's the thing when you, when you go a little bit, and that's the thing is like that's around the point where the thirty frames a second is around the point where when it's that fast, it's actually really easy to slip in subliminal stuff. So I mean. Hmm. That that's how that's how that's why it's kind of on the edge of that around the thirty mark. But um, at the by the time you reach sixty mark, it's I I don't think anybody can actually notice it. I don't think that the eye can actually notice it. Interesting. And at one hundred and twenty, it's like yeah, it's just overkill. But the the next box will do eight K one hundred and twenty frames a second, whether or not it needs to or not. It'll also be able to use SSD as virtual RAM. Do hmm. either of you know Which what the fuck that means? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that you have on your computer right now, in that if your computer overruns the RAM, 
the your actual like RAM chips in there, you know, your eight your mm-hmm. sixteen gigs of RAM or whatever, it starts using mm-hmm. the hard drive. Okay, I did not know that actually. Yeah, and that's why why you get something called swapping. And so back in the day, and like these days, you aren't going to run into it as much because RAM is so ridiculously cheap compared to what it was. But back in the day, it could happen quite often that you would overrun your RAM, and then everything seems to slow down a lot. That's because now it's using the much, much slower hard drive to act literally as RAM. Mm. So, yeah, so that's what's happening there. And so, what, but it's going to be a lot faster if they're running from an SD chip because if you have a fast enough SD card, those things have are closing in on the speed that your RAM would be at anyways. So yeah, it's it's hardware swapping, but faster because I mean even like you know it's flash drive, so it's going to be way faster. But even sure. it, with that, it's going to be way way slower than RAM. But yeah, that's that's the thing that's been happening in operating systems forever. Huh. Hmm. I had no idea. <sighs> That's my notes. Um, we also got kind of a look at Halo. Uh, sorry, before we move on, uh, the next box will be out for holiday 2020. So look forward to yep. that next week. Uh, they wrapped up the press conference with that Halo Infinite trailer that I spent half of hoping it was just a Dead Space trailer. <laughs> it had that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Though, honestly, I don't want them to reopen the Dead Space franchise. It has a satisfying conclusion. Leave it alone. I'd say the first two games are great games. The third one is a complicated mess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but still, it's it's done. The story's done. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. Wouldn't object to a remake of the first one, I guess, maybe. Yeah. I just like that game a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do have one weird question, though. Was Master Chief always that lime green? Yeah. It's more like a military green. I mean, it depends on the lighting. Yes. It was more, yeah, it's been, I don't know. If you look at the first Halo, he's pretty lime. Yeah. Lime-ish. I think this is very true. He's pretty fucking lime in that yeah. cover. <laughs> don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's always been a little bit brighter than, like, just dark green military. And I think that was kind of on purpose so that it wouldn't just blend in with the grassy backdrops that you have in the first, Maybe. you know, in the games in general. So. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. always, and it, and especially, I don't know, but I'm not sure if it's as quite as lime green as the as what we saw in the trailer. Yeah, I. Mm. It's one of those ones where I'm just watching, going like, "This is the wrong color for Chief," but I'm also the wrong person to have opinions about Halo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, this is also the press conference that brought us uh, cyberpunk information and Keanu riding in on a cloud of smoke and stuff and. You're beautiful, yeah. like sort of breathtaking, whatever. I, yep. It definitely kind of overshadowed the rest of the show, I think. I've heard some cynical people out there saying, like, bring in a celebrity to distract from our shitty labor practices, which I had not heard before, but yeah. It was a cool moment that felt genuine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bethesda. Bethesda. <laughs> exactly. Well, I have one note here for Bethesda, but. Please, go on. Uh, I I thought it was a pretty bad press conference. I think Alex kind of summed up all oh, the yeah. jokes about it real quick just now with there was like <laughs> two or three people that just would not shut the fuck up. Like, anyone said anything? <laughs> like, I, 
I could imagine Alex doing that guy's job, but like sarcastically and ironically, this felt like some paid actor trying to feel genuine. Like this was the type of shit we all would be like jerks by doing. Like we'd go yeah. and be like Fallout seventy six. Woo! You're adding NPCs. Like <laughs> that. Yeah. That, fuck Ugh. everything about that press conference. It felt so disingenuine. Like down to yeah. the we hear you video they fucking put up. I. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about the cynical thing. Oh, yeah. man, that, that, that press conference felt cynical. There is one thing announced, though, that I thought looked pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Deathloop. That looked cool. I, there was no gameplay for that, though. Like I, The Tokyo Ghost thing, or whatever it was called, the Ghostwire, that also could be cool, hypothetically. But Now that I'm super interested in. And you remember last week I talked yeah. about they spotted Shinji Mikami around. Yeah. Obviously, this is why. Mm. But also, they brought out an amazing person to announce it, who has also been sort of it, memed. Kumi Nakamura? Well. I think I'm pronouncing her name yes. right. Yes. That, that, that was yes. the most... In a press conference, I wanted to like see the stage followed on itself for most of it. Her brief time on stage, that and Doom Eternal, were true rays of sunshine. Yeah, she... Absolutely. Like, like Keanu Reeves, she is also very genuine on stage and just natural natural and genuine it was you know, cool like to see could... someone excited to be presenting at e3 as opposed to yes. everyone else who's like oh we're here again yeah yeah she she actually seemed to be genuinely excited same you know same thing with keanu it's like they were yeah it's nice to see some people who weren't just like here is game they game! say in the most fake 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 excitement voice they can muster. Ridge Racer. Yeah. Woo! You know. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, but Hi, guys. My name is Todd Howard. Did you yeah. want to talk about that for a second? Because I have a great joke note here. Okay. It was real cool. It was real cool to see them announce that the Fallout 76 beta is over and they're finally releasing the full version of that game with NPCs and you know what you actually play Fallout games for. Yeah. yeah. Fuck well everything about that part of the press conference. <laughs> like, we've heard you and we've put NPCs in the game. It's like, why weren't they there previously? Like, what the fuck? You released it... You released a Fallout game without quests. Yeah. This this feels like some fucking Apple level condensate. Like, was it a. Ah, I can't remember the word. This feels like some Apple level disdain for their customers. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> we're adding NPCs. It's like we're adding the $999 stand for your monitor. I think my. I think uh -huh. the better comparison is Apple recently added swipe to the iPhone interface. Oh. And there's a great <laughs> meme out there where it's like, Apple would like to reveal to the world of cell phones swipe input for texting. Android phones look at their phones. We've had this for years. Apple responds, this is new and innovative and shut the fuck up, Samsung owners. It's so brave. brave. Yeah. So yeah. brave. Yeah. Also, it's funny that this week they, they're releasing NPCs because they're also fulfilling another promise this week. The canvas bags finally went out. I was going <laughs> to bring that up. Like, I'm just so... I, 
I am so <laughs> sick of talking about those bags. Like, there's so many bigger issues in Fallout 76, but all anyone ever fucking talks about is the fucking bags. Like, oh, the game's on fire, but man, these bags are upsetting. I'm like, can we be upset that people paid money for this? Like, they are fucking boxing it with controllers as a, as like, you buy a controller, here's a copy of fucking Fallout 76. Yep. Shit, I saw a picture today yeah. of someone that was in like the Xbox section of a um of a Best Buy and it was like $400 for an Xbox One, $300 for an Xbox One with uh, a Fallout 4 or Fallout 76 packed into it. I'm like, "Whoa. Holy shit." That's, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's real, but I think it probably is. <laughs> Yep, I, I I found the whole uh, Doom Eternal part of the press conference fantastically charming. From demon strategy to we'll see you in hell, like they, they get what that game is about. Apparently, it's yep. real good. Well, they have a great yeah. team working on on the Doom. I mean, on on their Doom series. So I mean, and yeah, it's it's the best FPS out there. Yeah. It just hands down. Every part of it was carefully oh, yeah, designed no, to make it more fun. Except the literally just to make but... it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's but that's really this game is really for it's oh, the multiplayer I, isn't the part that I'm focusing on. I really, when I it thought it was brave team. that they had a multiplayer in the second game, given how shitty it was in the first one. Like you could just straight yeah. drop the multiplayer. And no one would have cared. They'd been like, "What?" So it's yep. it's more Doom but less multiplayer. Yeah, sure. That's a bold move there. I like what you're doing. Yep. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. See you, boys in hell. Also, <laughs> also, can can we just also talk about the fact that that same guy, the Wooer, shouted about a free to play fucking uh, mobile game with the same enthusiasm as the rest of the shit for that? You talking about <laughs> blades? Because I want to talk about blades. Okay. No, Commander Keen. Oh, fuck that! Uh, it's what? So they've announced a new Commander Keen as part of this as a mobile game, and like, it it is the most Godfather. They what have they done to my sweet boy me moment ever? Like, I I have a friend growing up named Jake who was like a huge Commander Keen fan back on the com. Like, that was a Commodore game, right? I was on multiple yeah, systems. I, it was on a lot. MS yeah. DOS was one of the made first one. games I ever played was Commander Keen at his house. I remember which one it was. Don't at me about this one. It's been a long time. I sent him like the video for that and got the response back of what the hell? <laughs> like, where's the pogo stick? I'm like, I don't think there is one. Mm. Yeah, I, even the art style disappoints for that game. I. But in the same like free to play thing, they're bringing Blades to um the Nintendo Switch with cross save, and it's gonna be free on the Nintendo Switch, which means it's pretty much a guarantee the real shitty microtransactions are gonna be in the Switch version. Yeah. Yep. I, I have heard nothing but bad things about that thing. Ultimately, like it plays fine. But like the cooldowns and the microtransaction aspects of it are just shitty. Alex, please woo. <laughs> oh, I 
I guess like unless someone's kind of wants to talk about the Bethesda thing, I know we're all chomping at the bit to talk about Devolver. I, I, I thought it was real ballsy of Bethesda to get out there and announce the Doom Collect, the Doom Eternal Collector's Edition, complete with cool ass Doom Guy helmet, so close to Fallout seventy six's Collector's Edition. Like, <laughs> maybe you stop doing Collector's Editions for a little while after you yeah. have that bag fiasco. Don't remind people of the bad thing. I don't don't make me talk about Doom Eternal and Fallout seventy six in the same concept either. Like I, yeah, the, the, the fact they're like rolling out support for Rage two, I think, is a sad bad choice. That game is not worth supporting. It's gonna be year of Rage, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, next up the um. The winner of the press conferences, as in, like, oh, actual press far. conferences, Devolver Digital's press conference, or unconference, oh, they call yeah. it now? I don't, I, I don't know. It was just, oh, uh, if you haven't watched it, and it, it's short and sweet, it's only, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, it's a half hour. It, it, watch, watch it, it's, it's awesome, and... It's got it's, everything you'd want from an E3 press conference. It's got murder, it's got blood... It's got an adorable kind of chibi battle royale game. It's got a sequel to My Friend Pablo. It's that Carrion game looks real cool and oh, smooth as shit for Carrion? a pixel art game. Oh man, Carrion! There again, it takes a lot for me to, to go all in on a pixel yeah. art game. To actually... Carrion, I love the concept of it, and it looks super fun. The concept is great. I've never even seen this done in a movie, really, or anything in any other medium. The reverse horror movie yeah. concept. Mm. And depending on the mechanics, which the mechanics already look kind of cool, man, I'm super interested in that. Yep. So that's that's amazing. Um, as far as uh, uh, the Devolver bootleg, that's just kind of funny. I had one takeaway from that gag, which was, isn't that already just a key site? Like, don't key resellers already exist? But yeah, but it's a, it's a real game. Oh yeah, you can actually get it on Steam. Uh, well, set of games, I should say. It's all. It's in a one, collection. But, yeah. But, but, but my biggest holy shit of Devolver Digital was Enter the Gungeon House of the Gun Dead as an arcade cab yeah. that they were actually selling. That's amazing. I will totally play that. Kind of want if one. Of my, oh yeah, if any of if any of my local you know local arcades get it in i will play that game definitely because it looks fun yeah it looks fun and you know what arcade cabs especially in america are kind of a dying breed yep but that's i mean that's developer digital they're gonna do the thing you don't expect their conference was the only one that i was really looking forward to because they always kill it literally they murdered people in the press conference yes yes so yeah i (laughs) Yeah, honestly, yeah, every year I'm always anxious to see what they're going to do, because, oh man, as a company, they seem to be the type of odd and crazy that I adore. I I always love that, like, the the only negative I have from that press conference was, it wasn't RoboCop, goddammit, in my notes. Like, (laughs) that's the one thing I found disappointing, because they set up to be RoboCop last year, they now set it up to be Terminator next year, so, fuck it, the the Devolver Digital narrative continues. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. They actually are continuing a narrative in their press conference. I'm that's invested amazing. at this point. That's the sad yeah. part. I want to know where this goes. Like, it's just... the, the obvious logical end is they make a video game that's a tie-in to their press conference. Like, that's where we're yep. going, right? Yeah, I'm guessing that's next year. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that was definitely the highlight. I mean, it was, it was short and sweet, but there was a lot of content there. It was super entertaining to watch. Yeah. Like, that, they, it seems like an interesting bunch. I'm super glad they're making My Friend Pablo too, because My Friend Pablo is a great game. I love. I, yep. I can't play it, but I love watching videos of it. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking for. I mean, honestly, looking forward to. Was this anyone's first out. Devolver Digital press conference? No. Uh, no, because I watched a few gotcha. of them in the past. So. Also because, I mean, we, we did the E3 show yeah. in the past and we <laughs> talked about the looniness of that I couldn't remember uh, if you've watched them before thing. or not, Alex. Yeah, because the texting you were doing was like, man, Devolver. I'm like, yeah, Devolver. Yeah. Kill that man on stage. <laughs> Ubisoft. Oh, before that, oh. you know, there was the, the pre-pre-show, which was a thing. I don't think either of you caught it. No. But it was immediate, started, started immediately after Devolver Digital, which actually made a great segue if you've ever seen the pre-pre-show before it, it was on they did it last year too and the year before they've done it the last couple of years mm. it's a very eric andre talk show it's it's basically like an eric andre style absurdist talk show and just weird stuff they have some random guests on they had they had one guest on from sega actually that talked basically played and talked about the new re-release of catherine with with new because it's going to have new content as well as let's see they also talked about another uh what else did they talk about sega wise oh, i can't um i don't have it written here unfortunately but yeah that's it also kaiju big battle was involved in the pre-pre-show okay which is which is also amazing if all right, listeners, if you aren't familiar with what Kaiju Big Battle is... Why are you listening hey, to this podcast? It yeah, it's, yeah, it is mad, mad pro wrestling, except it's everybody's dressed up as Kaiju, and there's even, like, kind of a small city set up in the ring, in the wrestling ring. So, so it looks like two monsters fighting it out over a cheaply made city. It's the it's, best version of amateur wrestling, really. Oh, it, oh it's fantastic. It is absolutely incredible. It's a ton of fun, and they had one of their characters actually playing a game, playing a couple of playing a couple of games during the pre pre show. Yeah. But yeah, that that's uh, for me. That's a fun time. I really enjoy absurdist comedy, and this was absurdist comedy. I yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the pre pre show, and that's it's worth watching. At least you know parts of it. You know, you know maybe not the whole eight hours of it but yeah it went on that long it went on way into the morning so anyways but on to the next day all right ubisoft oh, before, hmm? before, Sorry, what? before before we, we take off i totally forgot to mention this because it, it it just i have to bring it up this is the last fallout 76 thing i'll bring up okay okay they added a battle royale oh, i totally forgot oh, yeah. about that yeah because <laughs> that's what that game needed yep 
a battle royale. When I think yep. of Fallout, I think of tight shooting controls. <laughs> Definitely yep. haven't gone on long rants in the past, but how much their shooting controls suck, or how bad combat is in that game. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good job, train fire, or was Dumps, it dumpster fire? fire. You managed, dumpster fire. You managed to do it again. They just added more kerosene or whatever they call I, it to the blaze. I love how it's also like one of the smallest population battle royales to date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 52 well, players. If they try to do a full size, yeah. Well, if they try to do 100, they won't be able to get a matchmaking done. Yeah. So. yeah it's, Commentary. It's no, it's, it is no Tetris. <laughs> Uh, but what really is? Of, uh, uh, that's that's still yeah. my favorite of the, of the of those of this style of game is the Tetris ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Anyway, I'm I'm sorry. I just had to bring it up real quick because I told you we skimmed I, it. I, I saw it here. I'm like, oh yeah, the bring train. it up. It's like, oh, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a choice you could make, Bethesda. Okay. Ubisoft. Yep. So. Yeah. I'm, so, it's not so, so much a reveal yeah. as I want to talk about it for a second. I, do either of you have any fondness for any part of the uh, Assassin's Creed music aside from like the sea shanties from Four? It's it was good enough music. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed to fit. It was well done. I I, I guess like um, the five minute like musical intro was neat, but also it was me sitting there being like, okay, play something I actually care about now. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of of Assassin's Creed series. As I've mentioned many times before, but yeah, but yeah, they announced a story creator for it. Yeah, and for Odyssey, uh, but it's the internet. It's the internet, so it's going to be awful. We're going to see the worst levels that have ever existed. It's going to be terrible. Yeah, it is. It's. Because it's the internet and it's humans on the internet, and it's gonna be awful. Mm -hmm. And uh, I could, I can, I, I can only imagine the types of things that are gonna be posted using Story Creator. Mm. Mm, yeah, but <laughs> I just found that amusing. Uh, probably the biggest part of the show was uh, Watchdog Legion. Yes, and I am hyped really? about that. Yes, I am super hyped about it. Did you ever play any of the other Watch Dogs games? Yeah, I don't like them. I love them. I think they're fantastic. Oh, I I think they're super good. I think the concept is yeah. good, but I think there were some execution problems, I, I believe. Um, I don't know. I felt I really liked both of those games, and I'm hyped for this one because of the mechanics. There is freaking permadeath in an MMO. Like when you, if you not have an a MMO. team of people, uh, uh, I mean, it's no, it is. No, it's not. It's a multiplayer game. Not an MMO. It's multiplayer, well, maybe I mean, in the way the previous ones where like you invaded. It's not. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, it's not an MMO technically. It's but, like, but it's but it's permadeath, and you have a team of people in permadeath. That's an amazing concept. Yeah, that's fan. That's super cool. I am really hyped about that. I love the characters, just the character interaction that they showed. I mean, that's, you know, it, that was super cool as well. It's like showing that these are teams of people, and this is really, this is really what Watch Dogs is about, is not about the person alone, but that you're not alone. 
And but mm-hmm. I think it is really cool that you can get invested in a character and have that character super die yeah. and be super dead. You get to play a, a, a team of people. That's just cool. I, this isn't something that the, that has been done before. I, it's, and I'm all in I, on this. I don't this. know. I I guess like some of the interviews I also read saw about this game. Like it's it's not a team of people. Like they never interact with each other. Like it's you're you're doing missions as individual characters. Still, it's very much. Like yeah, you're swapping around some, but it's kind of swapping around in a worse way that the uh, Grand Theft Auto Five did. Well, it, but it does. I, no, well, I mean, it looks like from what they're trying to portray is that you swap around within a mission I for different parts think of that you mission. Do actually? I I don't know. Like, I've not played the game, so I can't comment uh, based on what I heard. Talk that's, about that's the game. The, that's the way they portrayed it in the in the in the trailer, essentially. Don't know. And that that's exactly how it happens. That it was. Multiple people all involved in literally the same mission. We will have to see. Which on ended this up one with re- with ended up with recruiting a new character into your team. I think that's because you failed like concept, initially. I think that's like that. That's the failure recover stage. Well, yeah, but I mean, you. But the initial mission was to save this guy. Yeah. Was to help him out. And yeah, I I think it sounds like I'm I'm all in on it because I like the the Watch Dogs series. I like the franchise and sure. I think that this, I like the idea of basically using micro hacking of a sort to just help you out with things going on and in, in a lot of subtle ways. That's a part of what I like about it. It's, and it looks like they're really putting in some real variants on what characters are capable of doing, like what their specialties are going to be and what, you know, what they should be and what, you know, what types of missions they should be assigned to. Hmm. But yeah, I'm super looking forward to that. For me, probably of all the games, that may be one of the ones that I'm the most excited about. That surprises me, because we came away from this trailer very differently. Like, I, I watched this thing going like, man, this just looks unbelievably lame. Like, I, it's it's more of Watch Dogs, which, like, the setting of, the setting of this Watch Dog fixes my biggest issue with Watch Dogs 2, which is, you murder a shit ton of people in that game. Yeah. Like, you are straight up a terrorist in the second one, whether the game wants to address that fact or not. Like in the second, the first one too, to a certain extent, you kind of are as well. I get like it's the oh, but you're being the good guys. But I killed a lot of people that were just cogs in the machine in that game, and I don't think that's right. And the game never chose to address that, as, and that's a problem with me. And like at least they kind of justify why you might have guns in this one. But if I'm flying drones with C4 into another set of missions and claiming I'm the good guy, I'm going to have just the same problems I had with the last game I'm gonna, with this one. And it sure doesn't feel like they fixed that mm. aspect of it. Well, I don't see. The way I felt about it is you aren't a good guy. That was never the point of any of the games was to say that you're the hero and then there's a villain. There's it's It's all more gray and I think it's very purposely more gray than just I'm a hero. Oh, I don't think I it's punch gray at face. all. That's the problem. Like you are in the first one, you are straight a vigilante who's kind yeah. of doing the good thing, but also you murder a lot of people. Yeah, that really and it never don't tries to act. It. But it really doesn't act like that's particularly good. You don't get like, I mean, you get game progression. But it's not like you get cheered on for it. It's not like they present what you're doing. You like get they, you get is, fucking followers in the second one. 
for like committing terrorist acts. Like, yeah, and that's kind of realistic. But like, it's I, I don't know. I, I think the way they handled it in two just didn't feel like. I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's like, oh, do the thing, and kind of the fringe groups lock on to you and stuff. But like, I, the two bugged me. I guess like for as much as two was like, I never played the game, and I never felt t- particularly heroic during the game. It felt like you were an insurgent that was take that was engaging in questionable means against a you know a you know a, you know against some you know pretty dark uh, I you know you know we we viewed I two differently say then just evil but yeah because that one so, really feels like quote you're the good guys like it's your your plucky gang of teens and shit like the moment we start three D printing guns to go like. It's weird because you're propped up against organizations that are like just as bad as you are, but I, as the main protagonist in the second one, sure sniped a lot of security guards that their only crime was, I'm going to go to work today. You do realize you don't have to kill everybody. There's other ways. A lot of the watchdogs mechanics are literally how to avoid running into anybody. Not many of them, though, and like there's no negative penalty to killing people. But uh, no, no, it's really easy to use your technology, your your control of technology, to avoid a lot of those. No, like there's there's whole mission, like the sneaking segment, and the sneaking segments in that game get way easier if you just start killing people. Yeah, but I mean, there again, but that's not the only way to do it. It's not, but like it's that game sure seems to emphasize that it is. Like they give you a stun gun. Like there's no reward for not killing people. There's no incentive not to kill people except the game is harder for arbitrary reasons well but that seems like an incentive not to kill people the game is right there it perpetually pushes you towards murder Uh, i didn't i didn't find that actually i found that a lot more engaging a lot more interesting to try to you know you know distract somebody using their own cell phone you know and, and the various other things you could do in the game for me, it was precisely the fact that you could just rely mostly on your technology. I, you and can, but also, like, never... you're at one point flying bomb drones. Like, I, Yeah, terrorism is problematic. It, yeah, I, I I guess it's one of those things where like, I think we talked about a lot when we talked about Watch Dogs 2 was the idea that, like, you're right, you can go about different ways of doing things, but just skullcapping people in that game is the most effective approach. Yeah, and that's the way it is in almost most games that that are that are any sort no, of No, I, I think that's a problem for that game. Like, if they have all these intricate systems that you never need to emphasize, if you're good at, like, Splinter Cell, you can just kind of sidestep what makes that game that game. The, well, I mean, I suppose so. I mean, you could also play Super Mario Brothers without ever getting a power-up. And some people do that. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's like, yeah, there's choices. But there's not choices. It's all on the player. Like, there's no incentive not to do. It, and this might be kind of a, we have to agree to disagree on this one. I, it's, I, I find the tone of two at odds with itself, and I'm a little concerned three will be the same way. But like, also, I I don't have any plans to play three at this point. They've managed to successfully make two of the games that I just didn't enjoy. Like, Aiden Pierce is a goddamn monster, and the second character, whose name I don't even remember, is 
I'm gonna save the world hipster douchebag kid who just straight murders people. Yeah, I I don't know at this point. The setting's kinda cool. Yeah. Gun toting Brexit. Yep. Also the uh I'm not gonna talk about the grandma NPC control where you can run around being it's, a hacker grandma. So as yep. cool as that is to me, like that's the issue with Watchdogs. It's always been like a memeable game where it's like, oh look how fun we are. I'm like, that's neat, you can be a grandma. Who shot that person in the face? Okay, how many times do I do that before it's not funny anymore? And it's not an infinite number for me. It's like okay, yeah, it's fucking grandma shooting people. Okay, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I found true. that I don't know. I found that refreshing because, and if only because, you rarely see anybody older portrayed in these games. Period. It's like people over sixty don't exist. Yeah. I, I guess, like, going back to the tone thing, like, they played up Grandma just shot a dude for laughs. And... Well, she didn't shoot people. Yeah, she, she did! She, ta- she, ta- she tased people. No, she, she tased, shot someone. Tased. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I felt like it made it feel like, yeah, all sorts... The point of the game is supposed to be all sorts of people are involved in this. That's That's the point. Young and old. Sure. Uh, so Alex, like me and Al- me and kind of Henry have outlaid our thing. Like, what was your takeaway from the grandmother segment? Eh, I mean it's funny, but it it the the charm of it kind of dies after a while. Like at that point, your grandma, you're gonna be naturally inclined to be like, let's oh, how much crazy damage shit can I nor- can I do that a grandma would normally do? Like, haha, it's kind of my thing. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with so, you on that one. I think the idea, I think the idea is cool. Don't get me wrong. I like the fact that you can take over any NPC and be and all that stuff. I think that part's really cool, but it is very much kind of a niche feature. I think that at some point will lose its charm, if you will. Well, I mean, you have an entire team of people. I mean, the point is, and that, but the thing is, all of them are vulnerable because this game actually has permadeath, which. You know, you, per- t- you talk about repercussions, really there's a repercussion right there. If you just go in guns blazing, you're probably going to lose all of your team. And that's literally what happened. They ended up in a part where guns were blazing, and even their kind of combat dude super died. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's consequences here. No, that's a consequence right this there. This one there's may finally permadeath. address my issue with consequences with that franchise. Like, I, it's... I don't know. I, or it might make it worse. Cause like, they did a lot... Was- lot better while being less lethal than they did going guns blazing and I think that's is just like yeah you go in guns blazing then you could lose your character forever mm. but it's also a replenishable character like you're perpetually recruiting hypothetically yeah but not the same characters and maybe not with the same abilities either that's okay so you lose uh, somebody with maybe you miss you lose this. some um char- there's like skill like there are classes of characters that people fall into so they, yeah. you will have repeatable character traits, hypothetically. Yeah, yeah, you'll be able to find something similar again, but yeah, I mean... No, no, I, I mean, know, like, if it's, been... if once they fall into a certain category, that's their skill tree. Like, the, 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 the abilities are the same from character to character, hypothetically. Yeah. From, from the same type of character, that is. Yeah. Yeah, there's character classes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like, but if you get it, I mean, that's the thing, it's like, you get attached to one, it's like, you're going to want to actually be a little safer with them if you want them to stick around. Like, let's say you just have one that's a particularly good hacker. It's like, 
You don't want to be sending them into your firefights. Sure, I guess like it's the, and maybe I missed it, and maybe this will be in the actual game. Like I, it's, I don't know if they showed off like that there will be an especially good hacker character or something. I, my fear, I guess, and this is kind of just based off they didn't show that much is that the characters will be generic enough that you won't mind when someone dies unless you get attached to them emotionally. Or although it may, it may it may seem to make a real point to make them all really varied and different, like the where they didn't seem generic. I mean, the fact is the main character, the character they're actually trying to save, they're saving trying to save him specifically because he has a particular trait. He's he he can control drones. He's 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 a drones person. Right. So but what I'm getting they, at is like how many other people in world have that drone specialization? Like, is the guy they were trying to save? just the first NPC they came across that had that drone specialization? Possibly. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of questions here. So, I, I think mean, kind of, that, that, that's our different takeaways. That's how I watch that trailer, where it's like, okay, you're just looking for a drone person. Yeah. Which means that characters, I mean, yeah, and if you can only have one, if you only have one on your team and you lose that one, it's like, you've just lost a big thing. So, I mean, there again, permadeath, that's I mean, how many games can you think of that have permadeath? Well, define than permadeath. Like, yeah, most roguelikes. Other do. than other than other than roguelikes, um, a I bunch mean, of games of have that, Iron Man modes at this point. I wouldn't say a bunch. I'd say this is still super rare. I mean, I I, I can hardly think of any games at all with any sense of permadeath. Uh, other than a straight up roguelike. Fallout seventy six has the Iron Man mode. Like, it was there at launch. Like, it's something you could swap into if you wanted to. Like, fucking Rust. I, uh, a bunch of those survival games, actually, from the... Was it two years ago at Permadeath? Yeah, the survival games. But, I mean, in a game like this, I haven't seen it. You know, it's like, you know... Yeah, I, have, I think that's going to be super unique, and I like the idea. It's going to make you actually value the people instead of just rushing in and just blindly rushing in because you know that if you mess up you'll just reset i don't know i i think we'll have to see on this one because i i think if they give them the kind of connectivity and emotional weight that you're interpreting the trailer as having i think you're right we'll see some interesting uh, will at least be some potentially interesting streaming stuff come out of it i uh, my fear based off of that and kind of what they showed and what they've talked about since is the game's a little bit kind of using what Alex was talking about, like it's got more humor than weight, I guess, and that's been my experience with the previous games too. But I don't know. Yeah, I, we shall see. It could it it could be the coolest clockwork thing ever. As as someone who loves clockwork stuff, a la like Hitman and shit like that, if they actually pull mm -hmm. off what they're talking about, that could be fucking awesome to see in motion. But yeah, yeah. My fear, especially with Ubisoft and specifically Watch Dogs, is the fact that they showed off kind of something very impressive for the first Watch Dogs. And it was a full-blown trailer, and like the ultimate realization of it wasn't what people thought it was, or the takeaway even, really. But I'm probably even too cynical for this conversation. Mythic Quest? Oh, yeah, from the It's Always Sunny people. Which... Person? Like, uh, is it all no, of them? People. No, it's like three of them. No. This felt 
that's kind of nifty. It felt like it was something up your alley of all of us, Alex. What was your takeaway on this one? Um, well, I actually don't watch it. It's always something in Philadelphia. Really? I don't know, but... See, I do. Yeah, I do. I do. And I, 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 I haven't... <laughs> Go ahead, Henry. You, you know, you would probably have more to say on this yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm the one sitting here that's, you know, been a video game developer, which this is obviously going to be developer, pretty developer-centric. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's like, hopefully it's... All right, so I'm a, I'm a fan of a, It's Always Sunny, and... Uh, just kind of trusting them of sort to not make it to not make something that's more like a uh freaking big bang theory which i despise um that they make something that's just not that where every joke isn't just haha you're a nerd or haha you're a geek which is what big bang theory is painfully it's just every single joke is just haha look at how nerdy they are I want to. I want to see what the Always Sunny people will do with this because I feel like they've never relied on the lazy, like the laziest of jokes, other than you know maybe gross out type of stuff. But their humor is always, you know, meta and kind of funny and and layered and sure. ridiculous and absolutely ridiculous and yeah, I mean just you know extreme and ridiculous and yeah, I want to see them bring you know something interesting maybe to something about the video game industry but you know what i already have my perfect show about the video game industry and it is the anime called new game which i still have to say is the one of the best representations of being in the industry i've seen even though it very kind of cutesifies it sure. in a certain sense and softens it but actually it's super realistic a lot of the things that happen in that in new game it's just like yeah that's 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 kind of what a development studio is like. Like seriously, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I I'm looking forward to it. I I th- I whenever Ubisoft first announced that they were going to do TV shows in the first place, I was like, okay, but yeah, this definitely an interesting one. They've brought in interesting people to try to pull it off too. So, it's, what's what's your take? I I'm not a huge fan of the fact it's only going to be on Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the downside, but yeah, I don't know. I, I so I'm not sure if it's the same crew or not. But I also watched the show AP Bio, which um had uh the guy that played Dennis from It's Always Sunny as the main kind of character on it, and it I don't know. I it felt like it never quite did like the sunny thing, I guess, and mm-hmm. this also like it. I can't tell how much Ubisoft is involved in this one, and that makes me, like, the more they're involved, the more I think it's not going to be great. And I, I I don't know. Like, it's the the cast could be good. Announcing it as part of E3 felt weird as fuck. Maybe that's why I'm a tad more mm. critical on it for that part. Like, it's it felt incredibly out of place. But in all honesty, like, most of the rest of the Ubisoft press conference, like, kind of felt out of place to me so yeah I, I i don't know like this felt like a very weird place to unveil this like but now we're also talking about it so maybe that's the case but like I, i've watched lots of stuff that's in theory about video games like, i'm watching this show called dad of light that's like beautiful and touching and wonderfully done and ridiculously weird it's a japanese show about a dad and a son that reconnect by playing final fantasy 15 
And, like, the son never tells the dad he's a character he hangs out with online for a bunch of time and shit like that. It's a cool show, but, like, it's got heart. And I've, like, I've watched shows like The Guild, which was not Big Bang Theory, but also kind of definitely channeled in some of those things. I've also watched shows like, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a show that was basically about, like, one of the outer, like, one of the not-so-important branches of Wayne Tech in the DC Universe. Hmm. And it kind of had the same vibe this trailer did, where it's like, oh, it's run by Bruce Brain, uh, by Bruce uh, Wayne's like cousin or something, Dennis Wayne. And Dennis Wayne <laughs> is kind of a jerk, but also like they're part of the uh, the Wayne Tech Empire, so it's like it's an important job to have. And we're gonna fall the lady who's in head of HR for this weird ass company. <laughs> they made it one season because the show was bad, but had a similar ish vibe to it, I guess. I, I don't know. I got a bad name, but Mythic Quest is also a fine name for a show like this. Yeah. My my biggest concern is that like the stories of the video game industry are fascinating and ridiculous enough as they are. I'm I, I want them to be the actual stories of the video game industry. I don't want them to be what people think the stories of the video game industry are. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of like you know, one of my many, many, many complaints about Big Bang Theory. It's not how people are or act, and it's terrible. Yeah. And but the thing is, always the always sunny style of humor, and just their writing. You know, I'm interested to see what they'll do with it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think lots of the Ubisoft press conferences. We'll have to wait and see. I. Let's move on from that. Uh. Ubisoft owns Brawlhalla, apparently, and they're bringing Adventure Time characters to it. Yep. Do any of us play Brawlhalla still? Nope. I do, actually, and I'm actually pretty cool okay. with that one. Adding more characters is always fun. They added Rayman a while ago. Oh, yeah? So, I, I have yeah, not Rayman, up with that at all. Yeah, I bought their, their, their character pack thing, so I get all of them from now on. And, uh, yeah. The uh, they added Rayman, which is kind of cool. I like their. I, I do have to say though, I do enjoy their original characters a lot more. But I love Brawlhalla. It's a great game. It's a nice Smash yeah. alternative, to be honest mm. with you. And I can play it on my PC. Um, we got another look at uh, Tom Clancy's uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, probably the best part of that was the dog on stage. That wasn't an actor. It was just the dude's dog. Oh yeah, John Bernthal. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, you who's also the Punisher in the Marvel. He's great as the Punisher. I've I, oh, yeah, I have several really good, but... mean notes here about how Scrump would be a better Ghost Recon dog, but they're not true. But yeah, it was cool. Scrump and, and this is... Scrump would be a good bad guy dog because he has that like mob boss look, I... or she has that mob I... boss. Apparently, look, so. it's also a nice story along with the dog. So I mean, like apparently, the... it's like rescue and. The fact we're and talking more about any, the any dog. Genuine... What's that? The fact we're talking more about the dog is telling about our feelings about Ghost Recon <laughs> Breakpoint. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> every fucking time they show me this game, I get less and less likely to play it. Like, I, it's. I, I'm not sure I've even seen new trailers since the last time I felt less inclined to play it, and I'm still like, eh. Talking about the community of the Tom Clancy verse also felt weird because it's like, oh, the cosplayers of Ghost Recon. I'm like, aren't those just fucking military weirdos that are like, yeah, I want to go to war? 
Yeah. <laughs> but yep, not interested in that. Uh, along that, we got Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which is the biggest middle finger to Splinter Cell fans ever. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. It's just that Rabbids game with Tom Clancy characters, like down to the art style. Yeah, mm-hmm. I... <laughs> we saw the new Just Dance. I okay. I, I, only takeaway I got from that is the mix they were doing for the music for that game made that press conference seem creepy as shit. <laughs> mm. It was all quiet. No one was applauding or cheering. And I get where they did it, but man, it's like this is uncomfortable to watch. Uh, For Honor, Axe Samurai looks cool. I'd have loved to have seen more characters. Also, are people still playing For Honor? Yeah, that's what I, that was my question. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh, Rainbow Six Siege continues to be a thing. It's got, they're doing a spin-off game of Quarantine, which was a game mode, <gasps> I guess, that did really well, and they're now making the separate thing. I kind of wish it was staying as part of Rainbow Six Siege, but... Mm-hmm. Bring it back to permanent mode or something, I guess. Uh, Division 2. Yeah. Alex, okay, yeah, it's a game. Yeah, so they showed off some stuff. You're going back to NYC uh, for kind of sometime next year, probably. I Awkward wooing aside, like... We don't, we don't woo on the non-Bethesda ones. We don't woo ones. on the non-Bethesda no. ones, apparently, no. I, <laughs> like... You're the last of us to tap out, and then Billy was just the other like, Henry ever played, and I kind of tapped out pretty early. Like, did you see anything in this trailer that makes you feel good about the season pass you now own? Eh, it's a season pass. I'll get some extra stuff. I may check sure. it out at some point, but I'm I'm not like, yeah, I'm gonna go in there. Gonna do so much raiding in the division. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm not really 100% like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. All right. I'm coming back. Goodbye, Destiny. <laughs> Screw you, Bungie. <laughs> right? I'm going to bungee my ass back over to the Division Ooh, 2. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not happening. I, I think the best kind of response to this I've seen was someone took that um, Thanos meme of, like, all through all your failures, you still came back to me. It's just fucking Bungie being like, so it's like <laughs> through all your failures, you're still back here. <laughs> Playing fucking Destiny <laughs> 2. <sighs> Did you have fun out in the wilderness? Yeah. Uh, the, the Probably the big reveal from this was Rollerball that you could play. Did anyone else besides me play that? Uh, is it out already? It was on Uplay. I played it once and was kind of like, eh, whatever. Uh, you could play the alpha of it. It's potentially cool. Eh. Uh, Actually, it only, it only ran from oh, the 10th to the 14th, gone, yeah. so no, I didn't. It looks interesting. I mean, I was never a big fan of Rocket League. As yeah, fun as it is, that's I guess. kind of my I, takeaway too. I just never really liked it. I don't. I never dug the controls for it. I don't play much in the way of sports games. Period. To be perfectly honest, the the, the only sports game I technically ever play is pro wrestling games. I don't. I mean, they, once upon a time, I used to play some like honestly like pro Evo soccer or FIFA. Sure, but now mm. I. Yeah, I don't really tend to. I tend to really rarely play sports games, and I don't know. I uh, I I don't I don't see myself playing that. Uh, it looks fast action. I mean, that's the thing. I I do appreciate the a game with nice fast action, and it looks like that's exactly what it's meant to be. But 
Mm. I can't see myself picking it up though. Yeah, I, I I don't know at this point. I I had fun playing it, but it's one of those ones where I'm like, I'm playing this for free and talk about it on the podcast. This is fine. Like fuck, I played Rocket League for a week when it was free on PSN at one point. I'm like, this is mm. neat. I'm gonna uninstall it now, cause cool. <laughs> so this yeah. is what the kids were talking about. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's like anytime Alex talks about Brohalla, I'm like, ah, yes, not Smash. A game <laughs> I also don't yeah. enjoy. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I think we've talked about it. I'm not a Smash player either. I really don't tend to play that game. Because well, you were or... big into that like side-scrolling MOBA at one point that was kind of Smash-esque, right? Uh, you're talking about Awesome Knots. Yeah. I would say it's nothing like Smash. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't play, it has none of the mechanics. It's 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 closer to Contra than it is sure, Smash. I, yeah, maybe calling it Smash-esque was unfair. Like it's it is side scrolling well, and you fight. That's fair, yeah. Well it's not 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 unfair, it's just it it doesn't really resemble it. But but uh, yeah, Brawlhalla, I don't know. I I don't know, I I've always been kinda interested in it, but I just haven't played it. Got Hellboy. Now, one game I have played that actually does have, weirdly, it has Smash mechanics, is, uh, uh, I can't, I can't remember it right now, uh, Abyss Odyssey. Yes, Abyss Odyssey is this kind of, uh, it's a roguelike of, rogue, well, no, no, it just has, it has generated dungeons, hmm. is what it has. It's not really, it has procedurally generated dungeons. It doesn't have any of the other aspects of what I would call a roguelike. And but the thing is, it also has its game mechanics are smash mechanics, like and they are very specifically like that. The way the blocks work and attacks and all the stuff, different stuff works. How you make those attacks happen. It's if you're good at smash, you'll be amazing at Abyss Odyssey. So, but that that's a weird. But that's an aside, a complete side note. But yeah, huh. made me think about that for a second. But anyways, yeah. And Ubisoft finished up their press conference with Gods and Monsters, which just looked like a weird Clash of Clans game to me. I don't know. They seemed super excited about it, but it was just a trailer that showed off that griffin attacking that person. I Yeah, the trailer just didn't really show enough to excite me. I, I mean, I like games like, for, instance, for example, Kid Icarus Uprising, which that's what that sure. the, the visual of that reminds me of a lot, is the newer Kid Icarus game. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they did not show enough of that to to get me actually interested. Even though I I am a huge, huge consumer of of mythology, like mythos of any culture and country. Yeah, I I just I like to read, and I really like to read about culture and history. There again, I mean, I've mentioned before that's one of the things that drew me to Assassin's Creed. But yeah, same thing for this game. I mean, I I'd kind of see. But I don't know. I'd have to see way more of it to make any sort of a judgment on it whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. On our, we'll open up kind of a more general conversation in a couple minutes once we get through Nintendo to kind of talk about some other stuff. But like this trailer was the yeah. encapsulation for me of man, they're showing a lot of trailers that don't mean shit to me at this point this year. Like it's the okay. This was just as likely a game as it was like a mobile game as it was some like art student's final render for a project. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, last but not least, in our kind of step through the various press conferences, Nintendo. We already talked about that Bowser thing. It was real cool. Uh, oh, are you not going to talk about the PC gaming show? Or are you, or you are going to cover that? I, I didn't. I don't watch that one because it's PC gaming magazines show, and I got like. A, we can talk about it if you want. But I don't have any notes for it prepared. I on my list. I mean, I, I have notes for it, but uh, I can talk about it kind of briefly. Sure, I'll just yeah. talk about the things that I, I thought looked cool. All right, so Midnight Ghost Hunt. Uh, because apparently I am super into asymmetrical multiplayer games now. Hmm. I mean, that seems to be a thing I love. Oh, and yeah, they've Midnight been showing Ghost this Hunt. off for a couple like a year or two now, I think. Yeah, yeah, but now it's actually like, like has some actual gameplay footage and and a and a, at least a really nice trailer yeah. and man that looks fun it looks interesting i like the concept in that it's like ghosts the first and the, it's kind of in two halves the, the rounds are in two halves the first part is the ghosts essentially hiding away from the ghost hunters while they're trying to basically build energy and then it the tables turn at a certain point and then the ghosts get to go all poltergeist all over the ghost hunters and pelt them with furniture. <laughs> I think that that looked pretty entertaining to me. I, 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 there again, I'm, I guess I'm a sucker for the asymmetrical multiplayer games now, but I'd like to see more of that. I like the concept of it, and I'd like to see more about the mechanics and how that game will actually work. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, like you mentioned, this, this isn't the first time they've announced it, but that's looking good to me. My one concern about the kind of split asymmetrical is that's what Evolve did, and it did not work right in Evolve. Mm, yes. Yeah. I never played Evolve, but that's what I heard about the, the, the criticisms of yeah, it. Yeah, it was this awkwardness yeah. of if you could kill the monster before it evolved once, it was real easy, and the monster just yeah. wasn't necessarily that great at getting out of combat at that point. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, this asymmetrical stuff, it's hard to balance. I mean... Like, as we know, like, with Dead by Daylight and Death Garden, yeah. I mean, the reason that those are good, because they actually managed to put some very, very impressive balancing to those games, where yeah. it does not feel like, maybe situationally, sometimes it feels like one or the other has an advantage, but overall, it does not feel like that. And that's the thing, it's, it's a hard thing to balance, so, I mean, Midnight Ghost Hunt might be awful if they can't get the balance down right. And that's super hard, way harder on a game like this than on a game with, yeah, that that's not asymmetrical. But yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, there is something called Griftlands, which I guess the deck builder RPG is a genre now. Like it, it just looks like the mechanics of Slay the Spire, except now in a full game, an actual what you consider a storyline mm. for an RPG. And it's just, but it's, yeah, you build your deck to be able to do things, and I don't know, I like the art style. And I do like these deck builder games. I mean, I play these in real life, like Dominion. So, yeah. Um, one, which falls into the, there, uh, I'm not sure if I'm always into pixel, the pixel art games, but Valferis, which just looks like, uh, it's just a ridiculous heavy metal Side scrolling, shoot 'em up. Where, well, you're very much kind of in contra, except everything looks like the cover of a heavy metal album. 
And I kind of unironically absolutely love that being a super metalhead. I yeah, I love uh it just and it, it the visuals they do look pretty darn cool. I mean, when sprite art is done really well, it look it can look really fantastic. And I I yeah, I I like the way that looked, but other than that, not a whole lot in the PC gaming show stood out to me. It's mainly just those three games. But they they kind of they they hit some things that are definitely like my favorite things. So there's that. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about the PC gaming show. But yeah, being a primarily PC gamer, I tend to be interested to see what they'll present because the thing is we get to see stuff presented in this one that's not from gigantic companies. And so that's the opportunity here. But anyways, I guess let's move on to the Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah, we, we covered the biggest kind of joke of it, which was uh, the Bowser bit, which was cute and fantastic. And yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do have so... one big take, one big question, which is who the fuck let Luigi buy a hotel? <laughs> that man is obviously not trained or financially stable enough to run and operate, or, or even own, really, a hotel. <laughs> uh, Luigi's three. Uh, Luigi it takes place in a hotel. Uh, either it, it brings yep. to us the horrifying Gooigi, but <laughs> but you do realize that Hotel Mario was a game as well. Mario's marrying into royalty. He's fine. He's made some good choices. Luigi keeps yeah. buying haunted real estate. Like the bank should not let him purchase things anymore. <laughs> it should be like, Mr. Luigi, the last three things you've bought have been cursed! Get the fuck out of our office. Yep. So, I like to see this as the uh, sequel to Hotel Mario. Sure. It very well might be. That'd, be, <laughs> that'd be a great way to tie some things together, actually. But yeah, in case people don't know, Hotel Mario is a terrible, terrible game on the CDI. Because there's no good games on the Philips CDI yeah. ever. Yeah, I... But I love the first one, <laughs> Luigi's Mansion. I never played the second one. The fact you can fucking suplex ghosts with a vacuum in this one seems pretty <laughs> goddamn cool. I'm like, ah, yeah, getting violent up in here. I might actually have to buy this one. Like fucking whipping ghosts Ooh. around the space, just slamming them into walls. Seems real cool. Mm. Um. So of course there is the Animal Crossing more announcements. Yeah, that that looks cool. You're pretty be colonizing an island, which maybe that's yeah. a problem. But looks looks fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's Animal Crossing. It's going to be lighthearted fun. I mean that's and Isabel's in it. Yeah. So that's that's all I wanted. <laughs> I, I I do love the idea that Tom Nook now owns so much of the world. He's like. I gotta get into this colonization thing. I'm gonna sell islands now. You're gonna settle yeah. and pay my ass back. <sighs> Motherfucking Tom <laughs> yeah. Nook, bitches. Yes, you may be mayor. I am king. I know the one thing that I was super hype about. The Dark Crystal game. Okay, so I was gonna aim this at Alex, but apparently you also care about this. Do people actually like the Dark Crystal that much? Like, you have the show coming back, and now we have a game, and who is this for? Apparently it's for you, Henry. Yeah, totally. I love Dark Crystal. 
it's it's an amazing movie i mean it's a fantastic movie i mean it it combines the the artwork of brian frown who's i love his artwork in general and the brilliance of jim henson and the also the brilliance of frank oz so i mean yeah i mean i i love i absolutely love dark crystal but the thing is what what really pushes my button on this announcement is it's a tactical rpg that is super my my jam yeah. i mean that's why i love disgaea that's why my like my most common like avatar i use is a printy from disgaea and what my favorite of the final fantasy series is final fantasy tactics so yeah it's pushing exactly the right button i like the world it's set in and i love tactical rpgs yeah i i'm really interested to see that one i want to see what it's like i'm super interested in that yeah so and yeah and i am also super interested in seeing the new movie which will be a prequel and i think that's a cool idea yeah. It's going to have some suffer. I mean, this is a completely different conversation. It's going to suffer some of the problems you have when you make a prequel to anything. But I'm I I'm interested. I'm definitely super interested. But yeah, it's for the game. It's a tactical RPG. Yeah. So of course I like it, or at least I'm interested in it. That is question answered, I suppose. <laughs> uh, they put Witcher mm. on the Switch. Hmm. We now have the definitive edition of The Witcher to play. It's on the Switch. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, let me say something real controversial for a second. Um, is okay. anyone else sick of this practice of bringing games that like have been out for a while to the Switch and acting like it's something we should be celebrating? Kinda. I mean, it's like, hey, by the way, we're releasing this. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Like I don't know. Yeah, that's that's not really a a an E three worthy announcement. I would say that. Yeah. Hey, we have a port. We have a port of a game that has been around for years. Well, they they took like okay more insulting like the the, the Witcher is an impressive technological feat. Whatever. It was also then like yo, we also brought Resident Evil five and six to the Switch. You know the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not the new one. The ones that came out like on older consoles. Yeah, I so I like to throw in some more Sega news in because deals during the Nintendo. You talking about that Olympics? Oh, I can talk about that first. Uh, which Sega thing you talked about? Panzer Dragon. Yeah, Dragoon. Dragoon. Sorry, yeah. So I am hype about that. It looks cool. I, I mean, I mean, graphical upgrade, of course. But yeah, I'm interested to see because man, the original is super fun, and if they just update it, like properly update all the mechanics, game feel, all that stuff, I think it'd be a fun game. That franchise has always been weird for me. My first exposure to it was there was some Panzer Dragoon game for the Xbox, and a friend of mine. Else Orda was that? Which one was that one? Panzer Dragoon Orda. Sure, I believe. I. And I had a friend that had a video that showed off that thing and, like, spent so much time telling me how cool the game was, but I never played it. And then it went on to become, like, one of the rarest games of all time or something like that, which seemed weird. Yeah, yeah it's because it wasn't well publicized as it should be. 
as it should have been probably and so it wasn't like a lot of stores didn't end up selling it sure but yeah you know that's the thing it's it but yeah it's it's a fun game like it just plays well it's a fun game but yeah i'd like to see what they do with the remake of the first one and you know what it could be good i mean at this point there's so little to to look and see about it i just yeah i don't know what if it's just a sequel no they said it's a remake sure I mean, it'd be cool if it was a sequel. Yeah. I mean, another sequel to any of the games, because there's a Panzer Dragon 1 and 2 RPG in Orta. And so, mm. um, I did, yeah, honestly, I just, I like the universe, and I like the idea, but yeah. Yeah, no. Um, but, but yeah, but you know the the controversy with the Mario Sonic Olympics game? Um, I'm sure there are many, but tell me what the one you're aware <laughs> of is. <laughs> All right, so there's a point in the trailer where they are surfing, and Mario is barefoot surfing because usually, generally, if you're surfing, you can't really surf with shoes. That doesn't work. You need. It's not recommended, at least. Yeah. No, but Sonic's wearing his shoes, but apparently, it's important enough for Polygon to go and actually ask one of the game producers why he's he's wearing shoes on the on the surfboard and he said sonic doesn't take his shoes take off his shoes in canon ever yeah that sounds about right that's that's the answer so maybe his feet are actually just look like shoes (laughs) given the process we're going through they probably just have molded the inside of that shoe yeah I just love the fact that Polygon actually decided to go and actually ask Sega about this. About Of all the things to ask about this game, I, you ask about Sonic's shoes. I assume That's anytime hilarious. Sonic shows up in anything, Sega just goes, uh, prepare for the dumb questions. Like I, <laughs> That's just got to be the loop at this point. It's like, yo, we put Sonic in this game with surfing. You're gonna ask about the feet, aren't you? Fuck yeah, we're gonna ask about the feet. The shoes stay on. Like, all the time? Yeah. Like, all the time? All the time? Yeah. It's when he's, like, boning down on some human... Yes, the shoes stay on. Yep. He does not take them off canonically. But, I'm not expecting yeah. more of you on this one, Alex. <laughs> it just is! weird! <laughs> why would you care about the shoes? Like I don't know what to say to that other than why the fuck do you care about very his shoes? Now. He's a made-up fucking I character. Think it's hilarious. Of all the things you can ask about for a character in a video game, why the fuck do you care about the fashion of a fucking made-up hedgehog that runs super fucking fast? I don't but Alex, get you don't want to see them feet. Them feet. What's the absurdity? Like it's a it's a super fast hedgehog riding a surfboard. And the part that you're confused by is he has shoes on? Of course. I, <laughs> I, I'm going to bring up the... F- Fuck everything I'm going to bring that. up the fact that I'm assuming because this is Olympics, there are several running races that Sonic can participate in. How the yeah. fuck is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Mario's no slouch. I mean, he can run, but... Sonic literally breaks the sound barrier when he runs. Sonic runs so fast, he jumps and starts spinning and cuts shit in half. Yeah, 
So, yeah, it seems like it's a little unfair here. <laughs> it's kind of like having a fucking Bowser do karate against anyone. <laughs> Which is in that trailer, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But. All right, yeah, so, Toad, you're going to fight this dragon in hand to hand combat. Do I get a weapon? No. No. <laughs> the size advantage <laughs> will be obvious. Yeah. Get them judo throws oh. ready. Oh, did you did you notice or hear about what happened during the middle of Nintendo's conference? No more heroes? No, what happened? The power went out. Oh! Uh, well, they don't have a press conference. It's just a YouTube video they put up, so it didn't really yeah. matter. But Oh. Yeah. But yeah, there's apparently a power outage, but they made a nice I am error power outage screen for it. Hmm. That's... that's, that's yeah. I thought that was kind of like, uh, it was a throwback. It was a throwback. If you've ever played Legend of Zelda, Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link, yeah. All right, let's That's... let's talk about Link real quick then. Um, we have a okay. sequel to, uh, uh, fucking Breath of the Wild, which has fucking Ghost Ganon or sorry, Mummy Ganon in it. Yeah, which people are super thirsty about. I assume people are thirsty all the time now, and like, <laughs> know about my day at this point. Like, <laughs> we're just making but, fetish material at this point for everyone. Like, the, the the goal of humanity now is to make increasingly more and more specific fetish material. We're just making games for one person so they can jerk off to it. Like, <laughs> but that wasn't the only Zelda title announced. It was not, and uh, people seem more excited about this one. In all honesty, so. We got to look at um, Zelda, uh, Zelda Link's Awakening, which was unveiled, was it last year or at some, or at some yeah. kind of direct sometime between last year and now? Yeah, I think it was at a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Yeah. I personally and, love... Well, now... So ha ha have you guys got the controversy on this one? No. So someone no. said... Why are they making this fucking Funko-ass-looking Zelda game? And people above a certain age got real mad at that. Um, why? Uh, because they also have a hatred for Funkos. Like, I saw numerous oh. videos of people in the kind of 40-plus category holding Funkos up. So the Nintendo booth had a, like, diorama of the art style holding, like, Funkos up next to Link's, the Link from Link's Awakening model and be like, it's not a Funko, goddammit, and all they were- It doesn't look anything like a Funko. Funkos are ugly and horrible. Yes, and as- Link, Link just looks like a simplified Link. I, as someone who still does not like the art style for that game and thinks it looks plasticky, I found this shit funny as hell because it's like, yeah, this doesn't look like a Funko, I still think it looks like ass, but it's fine, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I- But- I, I and like I'm gonna double down now on I get that this is quote like a good interpretation of how that game is supposed to look. That just means I didn't like how that game was supposed to look to begin with. Like it's it's fine if people are happy with it. I'm not trying to take that away from you, but the game looks like it's made out of like fucking Duplo characters to me, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. Like it's a neat idea for a Zelda game to be made of plastic little diorama characters, but. Whatever. Yeah. Apparently it uh, runs another like shit though. Another Zelda thing also announced. Go on. You know, there's a a third thing. 
You know, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? No. It's it's the one that is a Curse of the Necro Dancer. Oh yeah. Zelda. Um, let me put that on my list. Uh, what the fuck's that called? Uh, I don't remember because I somehow cadence cadence, cadence. of Hyrule. Yeah, cadence. Yeah, that's right, cadence of Hyrule. But yeah, that's the new Crypt of the Necrodancer thing, and that's that's cool. I think that's actually honestly kind of cool, yeah. but uh, that's because I do own Curse of the Necrodancer. I'm awful at it. <laughs> I, I'm not great at it. I, I've done fine on it, I guess, but yeah, I like the game a lot, but I, that's that's pretty cool. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah, I, I suspect you felt the same way about that that I felt about... Um... Yo, we're making No More Heroes 3, actually. <laughs> Motherfucking Travis yeah. Touchdown is back. Yeah. The real No and More Heroes game. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that'll be cool. Honestly. The No More Heroes series is a cool series. Uh, so long series. as it's the lightsaber weird-ass combat from the last two, I'll be happy. Yes. That, like, Travis yes. Strikes Back game I played, I did not enjoy. Did not play that one. Don't. It's not good. Mm. Combat is bad. And boring. Mm. Uh, but uh, let's talk about kind of the final big announcement that came out of Nintendo. Um, I know Alex is chomping at the bit for this because it was the right amount of trolley and nostalgia and all that jazz. And it is the fact that Bayonetta 3 was not talked about at all during the Nintendo press conference. Which is a <laughs> fucking travesty. Yeah! Yep. Woo! <laughs> Uh, the actual news is, ba uh, uh, is Banjo and Kazooie are in Smash. Banjo fucking Kazooie! We did it, boys! Yeah, you did it. So, you're, you're our resident Smash I, expert. I, I, like, I... is this something people have actually wanted, or... No. Okay. Oh, very much so. It's been talked about a lot. Okay. Like, so they, they, the Smash community has been really chomping at the bit of, like, characters... Ever since they announced, like, Joker and yeah. all that stuff, they're like, what fucking characters could come to this? Like, no franchises off limits. Yeah. And sure enough, they, so you had your representation from, you know, from with Joker from the Persona stuff, and now you're kind of Microsoft stepping as far as representation into Smash goes is essentially Banjo-Kazooie, considering that Microsoft does yeah. own Rare. Yeah. Uh, so... But yeah, and I do love that they did it as a wonderful little tease trailer, just in the same way they did the K rule mm -hmm. trailer. That thought was a nice little touch. So, um, yeah, I also was kind of stoked about the Dragon Quest characters that are coming. It, it they very much got kind of overshadowed well, got by Banjo Kazooie. Like, I, I think the best reaction I saw to that was like, just shut up, Western audiences. Just because you don't know who the fuck <laughs> what the fucking Dragon Quest is doesn't mean it's not important to the rest of the world. And I'm like, no, that that's absolutely right. Yep. Like, I have played those yep. games. They're fine. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, I like some of the, like, oh yeah, I like some of the offshoots of that series as well. But yeah. 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 Beloved game series yeah. that's still going and has multiple yeah. brands, so now... brand, you know, multiple, multiple games in this, uh, on the you know, the outskirts of the series, too, so. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does look interesting. The character itself, though. Like I said, I look forward to seeing the Dragon Quest characters, because they look pretty baller, but Banjo-Kazooie was just kind of the big crowd favorite that everybody was really excited about. Yeah. So. Are the Smash people happy? Also, they... 
I believe so. I do think uh, I think they also really appreciated that the since every character comes with a level, they recreated that hmm. mountain level, the the Twirly Mountain or whatever they call. It. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, they kind of added that as a level. It looks like so that'll be cool. But yeah, I will say one thing that Nintendo didn't mention, and this is, and I kind of understand why now more than even before is. No mention of the new Metroid that's being worked on by Armature Studios. The new Metroid Prime, I should Yeah, say. I just don't think it's done, or not far enough along. They had to restart that thing. And I'm glad, because, mm. you know, I mentioned last time, it's the, the whole putting, you know, additional pressure on developers. Like, I'm glad they didn't, because just, just let them work on it until they actually have something to show, instead of forcing them into it, you know, forcing them into it just because it's E3, you know? Yeah. And and that kind of fits with the Doug Bowser's message. And so, yeah, they aren't going to announce it because it's not hardly ready to announce it. And why put that additional pressure on your developers? So, that's good. I, I think that's actually good. I, I mean, it may not be a popular opinion, but I'm glad they didn't say anything about the new Metroid. Yeah. If it was, if it's not ready. So. Yeah. I'm still mad that there wasn't Bandit of 3. I want Bandit of 3 already, goddammit. So, speaking of Squeenix, are we going to talk about Squeenixes? We can! I, it's... Okay. Or do you so, just want to talk about I, Final I, Fantasy I, I 7? Want, I want to cover it. Okay. That's fair. I, it, it, so well, well, they did also do Marvel Avengers. Yeah, we can get into that a little bit, but... Yes, they yeah. certainly did. Yeah, well, let's talk about. Uh, go ahead and talk about FF Seven first. It looks cool. I uh, we got that release yeah. date and stuff. Yeah, I but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm still on the on the fence. On uh, I'm probably not, probably not gonna buy it. To be honest, I have my original copy sitting here in my room, and it's like if I want to go back to it, I'll go back to it. But I, and the thing is, it's going to use you know some of the mechanics from the newer the mechanics from the newer games, which. I don't know. We're hit and missed for me, to be honest. So, I don't know. It was cool to see a game them show off so much of just hey, this is game footage. I thought that was kind of a neat approach. Yeah, actual game footage. So, yeah. Well, apparently, the whole bomber mission from the beginning of the game was fully playable as a demo. Yeah, people seem to agree. The gameplay people seem yeah. to be okay with and stuff. Like for a game coming out in a little under a year at this point, March third, twenty twenty, I seems to be in a good yeah. spot. No one seems to be complaining too much about it. I, yeah, it felt maybe finish the press conference with that and not what fucking chose to Squeenix, but I, I don't know. Yep, yep. So I want to tell a little side story about this okay. whole Final Fantasy thing, which I thought was a super heartwarming thing, and I'm actually wondering if you heard about this, Charlie, but um, Charlie, you're familiar with Maximilian, the, yeah. the FGC uh, guy, right? Dude. Yeah, so Maximilian Dude um, is a big, big fan sure. of Final Fantasy mm-hmm. VII. And he got to go to E3 uh, for one day, and he got to go check out the stuff for uh, Final Fantasy VII's remake sure. and all that stuff. And he got to meet some of the, like, the original director for the first Final Fantasy VII and some of the people working on the Final Fantasy VII remake. Sure. And 
yeah. So he, and he's like, he's a huge fan. He says it's one of his favorite sure. games of all time. It's a big one of thing. Jeff's favorite games of all so time too. So continue. Yeah. Uh, so he went there and uh, he had asked for a photo and he got a few photos and then I guess somebody was kind of eyeing him and was like, ah. like he said he was getting some weird looks, not weird looks in a bad way, but the kind of like, is that who I think it is? Yeah. Kind of looks, you know. Yeah. So later on, the guy who's currently working on the remake uh, revealed to him that uh, whenever they have really tough times working on the game and the direction and all that, they watch Max's YouTube video to the reaction of the announcement for the Final Fantasy VII remake. And he, they, like, we watch that in the office a lot, and all the devs watch that to kind of keep them going forward and motivated and push forward to keep working on the game. So I thought that was kind of really... I thought that was kind of a neat moment where, like... Okay. You sound like... You sound a little questionable on it. Prove it. (laughs) Well, it was a story that he was telling on his channel recently. That's cool. Yeah, like, I I don't... I'm not saying it didn't happen that way, but, like, if watching some dude's YouTube video is what keeps you going on a video game, that video game should never come out. Well, but oh, it's not. It's just. It, it's just. He used. They use it as the motivation because they. The, the I, reaction he it. has to it I, is the reaction they want to pour I, it's into. It's cool. The game. Like I. That's neat. I guess. I, it's. I mean, the thing is, when you're on a long project, you have to find your motivation where you can. This is something I even told my students: is that the development process is long and hard and it is difficult it is a difficult road and you have to find your wins where you can you have to find your motivation where you can if that helped them just over a maybe a hump they are just feeling bad about something or just seemed like something wasn't working then kudos good great because yeah when you're when you're working on any long project and and i know that both of you are probably familiar with the feeling of working on a long project and just feeling sometimes frustrated but Sometimes all it takes is just somebody, somebody's words to just kind of reinvigorate you a little bit, or something happens that's really positive, and it just it recharges you a little bit. So, you know what? If it actually happened, I'm glad it happened. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I want to believe it did because it's just it's. Oh, I believe it happened. Weird shit I, about like, I, I, I'm not gonna say it didn't happen. Like, why the fuck would you lie about something like that? Who the hell cares? I, it's. Yeah. It feels like a very manufacturable moment, though, I guess. Like, it's it's a made-for-YouTube yeah. hype moment. And, like, yeah, it's one of those ones where kind of, like, it's the... That, that could have been a genuine moment. Like, that could be, like, that guy and his team. That could totally be a thing that happens. But, like... I'm just not going to be cynical on this one. Sure, it happened. Cool. Whatever. <laughs> you already sound cynical. I was like, I'm not gonna be cynical. Sure, cool, whatever. <laughs> it happened. Like, <laughs> I, as I, okay, okay. So I, the reason I bring it as up, someone who just, works in the industry where I constantly so, manufacture moments like that, I will forever not believe those things are actually true. Like mm-hmm. they happened. And Fair enough. The people that experienced them did experience them, but that's how we wanted you to experience them. We did our jobs correctly. You, it's like a, you weren't played, mm-hmm. but you bought into exactly what we were selling. No, I don't want to be this guy right now. It's a, it, it happened. It's a cool moment. Whatever. Good for Max. <laughs> but let's talk about the uh, all new, 
all generic Avengers. Oh, Off brand yeah, Captain dude, America that... is best Captain America. It's like, ah. like Major USA, Steel Guy, the Bulk. <laughs> bulk, yeah. It was, yeah. I, I don't. You know, the thing is, I don't give a crap that it doesn't look anything like the movie, people, because who cares? There's literally millions of different versions of the way all the Avengers have looked, so that's not my thing at all. No. That's not my take at all. But holy crap, it looks like they are using literally stock stuff that they picked up for free in the in the Unity Asset Store. It does look, doesn't look good. I mean, it just looks boring. Boring designs. Holy crap, with as exciting as a comic book could be, those are the most uninspired, boring designs, and just the palette overall just seems dull and bland. I mean, these are costumes that could pop. I mean, take a look at, you know, Spider-Man, the newest Spider-Man game. That design pops. Like, underneath, Spider-Man is just kind of whatever bland Peter Parker, but the costume looks fantastic. It looks so cool. It just has great design to it. These costumes just look awful. Like, bad design. It just doesn't look nice. I mean, there again, it's not to say that the designs in the comic books have always been great, but man, these look uninspired. Hilariously uninspired. It's just, yeah, it's 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 the all new. All, it, this is the so again. This is kind of like the, the digging deeper into E three. That thing became the quiet. So the quiet man was this kind of weird thing you had to go check out. I think it was at the yeah. last packs that like it made the circles. Yeah. It made the rounds in certain circles where it's like, yo, you gotta go play the quiet man. Do I? Yeah, you do because that's a game they are putting out soon. This had a similar vibe the way people were talking about it, where it's like, you gotta go check out that Avengers game. Why? Well, it is a game, and it is something to look at quickly. Yeah. Apparently it's got some cool ideas going on, but also like... Oh yeah, the mechanics, yeah. some of the mechanics sound actually cool and fun, and some of the things that they want to do with the characters also sounds cool and fun, but bring in an actual artist? Design? Yeah. Is it looks like I don't know. I guess they're going for the really heavy, heavy realism thing, but as a result, it just looks bland. I mean, I I get it that mm -hmm. maybe you put Captain America in armor, but why put him in armor and not any of the other super vulnerable Avengers like Black Widow or you know Hawkeye? You know, or uh, Hawkeye wasn't even in it, was he? No. Um, but in any, in any case, like Black Widow sitting there without armor, and then they put put Captain America in this really dumb, boring-looking armor. It's like okay, it's it's a choice, I guess. Terrible one. Yeah. See, some people are like, "Oh, it doesn't look like the movie characters." I don't care about that. That would have been a nightmare to get all the licensing for all of that stuff. So, and like I said, there's a million different versions of all the heroes for them to choose from. Why did they do the most boring, generic-looking ones possible? Yeah. Hopefully that will change. Hopefully they'll actually get art direction. No, no. I I, I want a sequel to The Quiet Man known as Square Enix's Avengers. I want a game 
that I play and get on the podcast and go, oh boy, do I have a game to talk about. I demand one of these a year from Squeenix now. It's all I want. That Games that you're like, man, this is some 90s PlayStation 2 bullshit. Yeah. Early 2000s? Yep. I I kind of want to, um, if we're kind of done talking about that, I kind of want to throw in one other thing that happened during the E3 that I thought thought was. Oh, fantastic. I got a bunch of like general E3 notes. If we're done talking about the press conferences, yeah. I, well, okay. Well, okay. Uh, well, I don't think I have any more notes on the press conferences. I mean, but, sure. There's some things I think we can just talk do. about though too. Yes. Um, oh, oh, one game. I don't remember where it's announced, but I. Oh no, I think it was during the PC gaming thing as well. Sky was this from the makers of Journey. If you ever played Journey, it's an eight-player version of Journey. It looks like basically with more puzzle and story, but it looks fun. It, I like the design to it too, and I really enjoy Journey. I, I mean, I've played Journey and had people drop in on my game, and that was super cool and fun. And because you can only communicate with basically kind of in- interesting emotes. Yeah. But but yeah, that looked kind of cool to me. But yeah, I'll say that. I think I'm. That's all my notes on actual games being yeah. released. Uh. But there is there is one thing that happens. Um. All right. I don't know if y'all caught this. K- Kenny Omega came on to pro- promote AEW's next show. Yes, he was on Giant Bomb stream. Yeah, and yeah, oh. and Kenny Omega. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know who he is, he is a very, very popular pro wrestler. A very good pro wrestler. pro wrestler too. Oh, he's he's an excellent pro wrestler. Very, very excellent. Possibly, definitely up there among the best. Fantastic pro wrestler. But he's also a great mouthpiece because he speaks very well, and he is the perfect person to send. Because the thing is, Kenny Omega, a part of his original gimmick, is super video game influenced. That's why his name is Omega. So fair enough. He is he is a legit big video game fan. He's probably pretty happy to be there to be able to talk about their next big show. And I have to say, brilliant, great marketing, cross marketing, super. I mean, super well done. Yeah, got to talk about his AEW. And the next big show. Did you watch the giant and, bomb thing? Uh, not all. Of it's it, worth watching. Part. It's great. Yeah, I watched. I caught you know here and there of it. I was kind of the, the Kenny Omega bit at doing. the end. It's like midnight on like Thursday. And he's pretending to be in the room next door asleep. <laughs> and he's yelling at them. It's like, why are there so many people in here? Uh, <laughs> well, we were doing video game things. Video games are quiet. <laughs> but yeah, Kenny Omega is great. And I, I, that was that was another kind of a highlight of the conference for me is seeing Kenny Omega just be kind of happy to be there, and then also talk about well AEW. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I I don't know how much he was actually there. I just got the giant bomb part of it, but yes. Um, I I think my biggest takeaway from the show this year is September is going to suck. <laughs> so many goddamn games are coming out in September, like. I want to yep. say Borderlands 3 and Destiny Shadow Keep launch within a week of each other, if not in the same week, like days apart. Yeah. Because we live in a nightmare. 
Um, you know, the funny thing is, I don't actually keep up with release dates too tightly because I almost never yeah. buy anything straight after it's noon. So, yeah, I, I don't really tend to track them too often. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably the, the news nearest and dearest Alex's heart is Dr. Disrespect got banned from Twitch and kicked out <laughs> E3. <laughs> yeah, that was yes, a whole it was. for doing something that's that's illegal, doing a thing that's illegal, and well, that's what happens yep. when you do an illegal thing and film it. I just want to know the thought the process that was going on. Well, isn't the filming the illegal thing? Yeah, it's illegal thing? in California. The filming was the illegal thing. Yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't film in, in the bathroom in California. It's one of those places yeah. where there is an expectation of privacy in a public place. Or at least that type of public place. There was also like a kid in the background, which is a real bad thing. Yeah, that's that's a bad. I mean, that's just bad. So, yeah. Well, I don't. From was it? Yeah, it's that a it kid. Was a kid. Because from what? It, okay. Well, what's the kid, kid doing at E3 in the first place? Uh, kids have been at E3 over. for decades now. Like, I, it's you're not the wrong. Kids have parents, but, you know. You have. Yeah, but they specifically say kids aren't allowed into the convention center regardless of you being industry or uh, one of the public. That's why I was like, I heard it was a kid, but I don't think it was ever confirmed from know. my understanding. But, but I also think it's it would be also just as weird for them to say nobody can bring their child. We're missing the more important part of I don't th- fucking film strangers but in yes. bathrooms. Doubly yeah. don't live stream it. I agree 100% on that one. Yeah, what yeah, what is no, wrong with them? That it's, I, I, the thought process is yeah. That I, I, I want to know that thought we're, process. We're, where it's we're, like... we're lacking. I'm just saying they were lacking thought, but <laughs> that yeah. that was the real thing. There isn't a there there isn't a thought process. That's the problem. So mm-hmm. super done and enjoy your super ban, idiot. He'll be back, unfortunately, but I. I think it's a temporary. So if if this goes legal direction, this could become more permanent. No. In all honesty, like I, no, yeah, it's that's legal. Like I don't know if he's facing arrest right now, but he could be because that's just actually illegal, and that can get you arrested. And so mm, yeah, and yeah, as a company, I kind of wouldn't want to touch that again. Yeah, I'd be like, nope, that's a hard hard no. Yep. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but all in all, this E3 for me, it wasn't it wasn't surprises. I mean, there's a couple of things that I liked about it, but I mean, yeah. I all mean, right, I so, think this but, but Henry, reiterates... what if I told yeah. you there was a game peripheral manufacturer there called, like, Red Pill Entertainment or something along those lines? Uh, that either is completely unaware the way Jen was of the second meaning of that phrase or is very aware of the second meaning of that phrase. No, you can't not be aware of that. Not everyone and, knows the second uh, meaning of that phrase. I, I, I had to explain. I had to, Jen like was like, oh, there's a company called Red Pill. I don't get anything from them. Why? I'm like, Red Pill means the second thing on it. What? It's the Morpheus thing. I'm like, it also is like men's rights groups and it's not yeah, a MRAs, part of the internet. Incels. Yeah. Incels. Yeah. Mm, yeah, no. Hard no. 
you know, I have to say that they were probably you can't have that name and not know what it's I've, been used for now. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people don't make it past the Morpheus reference, which is a fine reference, but then yeah, it's also yeah. that's the reference that that group is making with that name, which is a whole other problem. Yep, and they were the Gamergate people. I mean, that's yep. the same Gamergate crowd as all that incel MRAs. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, no. No, bad title. Yeah. If you if you didn't intend it, change your title. If you did intend it, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you'd enjoy that one. I content-wise, yeah, like, what do people think the mix was? Like, this felt like the year where just it was too many trailers and not enough any actual anything. I yeah, and maybe like it's you get into not actual anything because. We we saw what was it Outer Wilds Outer Worlds whatever it's called like they had some gameplay kind of yeah. from that it was technically some cyberpunk really. stuff like Sony wasn't there who seems to bring mm. the most gameplay I I, I might go um, yeah. well well they played through quite a bit of cyberpunk too but we didn't get to see it yeah we did no we didn't like an hour they played it for like an hour and talked about it are you talking about the gameplay demo from last year maybe. Uh... Yeah, because there's I a am. new demo from this year that a bunch of people got to play that's not out there yet. Okay. I think there's some coded yeah. message right. that will be available mm. after Gamescom or something. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, we didn't see a lot of... Yeah, I think there were, it was kind of lacking a lot of actual gameplay for a lot of these trailers. They're, they went all in on making nice cinematic trailers for practically everything, but yeah, very little gameplay. But, I mean, I think there again, it's like, Everybody should just do what Devolver Digital does. Make a nice, tight presentation that's entertaining. And murder and people has on stage. Loads of loads of gameplay, as well as, you know, nice mini trailers in it as well, but loads of gameplay. So <laughs> yeah. So And murder people yeah, on stage. Everybody sh- yeah, and murder people on stage. Yeah, I want I want to see Doug Bowser throwing some blue shells. I just want to see him bite the head off someone. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, fucking uh, fire or some shit. But yeah, there's a, there is a. I agree. There is a lack of actual yeah, gameplay I, being I, shown. Yeah, they might have had it on the floor, but I'm not on the E3 floor. Yeah, and so. I, 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 so Jen got to go, and I kind of secondhand from her. Like, I'm not sure we, obviously, we missed being at E3, but kind of like it was, even she was having the reaction of compared to the previous E3 she's been to. This one seemed kind of. Lackluster is the wrong word, but I'm not sure I can come up with a better one. Like it wasn't as impressive as previous years. Like, yeah. I think people are starting to understand that the whole artificially creating window and when it when is game is supposed to come out doesn't work well. Yeah, it's it's not really a, a it's it's not a thing that should continue. Sure, and it's not a credit either either that yeah I don't like all the rush to make sure that you have something to show for E3. I much, and that just, I think, is another sort of mass, you know, definite criticism against E3 existing in the first place. That it, it, it pushes everything to be announced at the same time. So, yeah. Or having, having to have news right now, some news and a trailer right now for a game. But yeah. Anyone got so, anything more? Yeah, I think some of these. Oh, sorry. Yeah, finish. Yeah, things that these are just more signs that E3 is. Maybe live past its usefulness. Yeah, I. 
we'll, we'll see. I, I know they announced next year's date. We'll see what kind of happens after that one. I'm going to try and make sure yeah. at least some of us get into it next year. But, yeah. Uh, we got anything we want to talk about meaningfully, or are we okay to close it out? I think I'm good. Um, I yeah. think I'm good. So, yeah. that was E3. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Complete with way too many T-1000 in-game things. Yeah, that was weird to see more T-1000 stuff. Yeah. After, like, I, for, you know, I picked up the T-800 for Blood Garden, so. Maybe it's T-800, it's the skeleton one, I remember which one's which. Okay, it is the T-800. Yeah, yeah that's right, it was. But, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Mm. Who wants to close us out this week? You brought us in this week. I'm Alex, you want to take us out? Yes, I do. <clears throat> Cue the mess.